When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Kia ora, good morning and welcome into the show. This is SENZ Breakfast with Izzy and Ricardo. A big Wednesday ahead. Ricky Ponting joining us on the show uh, live from the uh, driving range. Adam Griffiths out of the Wellington Phoenix as well. Rob Wellwood for Love Racing. And Flem, is a maybe? Is a maybe still? Uh, Izzy, who's, who's dialed in on the phone? Nah, he's asleep. He's sleeping, mate. He doesn't get up early. He's sleeping. He's sleeping like we all should be sleeping. No, no, I went in. Um, so so Ricky's obviously meant to be next to me. And I, I spoke with him yesterday afternoon. I said, how's your room? And he goes, oh, mate. I, I, I pulled a little bit of a hissy fit, so I've moved my room to the other side. I said, what? Am I not good enough for you over here? And he said, no, no, no. I've got the wife coming, so I needed a... A big enough room to, to move it to the other side. So he's actually shifted. But I said to him, that was after, I hadn't asked him yet. And I was thinking, okay, oh no, how am I going to have, what's my in here? What's my what's my angle? Um, and then I just said, well, the reason I was asking is I was wondering if you could come on uh, come on the show this morning, tomorrow morning, and have a chat to us. Well, first of all, what time do you tee off? He tees off at 7.50. I said, well, what about 7 o'clock? And he goes, yeah, yeah, all good. I'll be on the range, though, so you just have to give me a call. So, um, convince Punter to have a have a chat because we're only one day away from the test match, and there's already plenty happening in regards to that. So, Ricky Ponting, if anyone knows Australia and, and what they possess, and I don't know, he, don't know where he gets his confidence from, but he's he's got a lot of confidence in this black cap side and potentially thinks we can push them. Yeah, okay, which was interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Now, just before we move on, uh, Beaver uh, has thrown you a bit of a hospital pass, I understand, and that is why you're on the phone. Can we say that? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> no, it's, he hasn't thrown me a hospital pass. So this kit that I've got is, is a great kit if, you, if you're on top of things. So I, I charged this iPad fully. You need it fully charged. And... Um, you know, apparently it lasts for a week. Well, it didn't last for a day, really. I got up nice and early this morning. I ch- put it on the charger. It's been on the charger for an hour, and and it's ten percent. So <laughs> it's supposed to last for a week, but do you, you turn it off when you're not it. using it? Yeah, yeah, you turn it off, bro. Oh, you okay. turn it off, right, and you right. and you don't use it. And yeah, uh, I'm just worried I might have left the app running, so uh, the app might have drained it. Yeah, uh, so it's my fault, really. Okay, um, but right. you got this charger in it, so you can't have it charging and using iRig at the same time. But that's okay. 
we'll get through it and we adapt and adjust and we move forward. I've got a I've got a horrible headache at the moment today. I feel like I feel like rubbish. Now about this time last year, if you'd told me that, I would have known what's going on. But obviously, uh, you're yeah. you're pretty dry nowadays, uh, Izzy. So what is going on? I don't know, mate. I've um I've had a killer headache for two days and my neck's quite tight. And yesterday I played the practice round and I was shanking everything and I was really bad, really bad to the extent that I was going to go get my bags and pack up and go home. It was um, it was bad, and then but I spoke to a couple of pros last night. Dan Hillier had a good chat with him, Denzel Aramia, and um, they said, "Look, boy, it's only Tuesday. It's only Tuesday. Come Thursday, we should be right." So I'll make a few adjustments. I need to go see a physio or something. Get my neck maybe adjusted because it's it's an agony at the moment. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Tee off tomorrow morning, eight fifty ish. And uh, into the first round, starting on the Remarkables course, playing with Harry Bateman. He's uh, the opposition uh, that's going up against my pro, Benny Walton. So, um, yeah, looking forward to it. So if you're not teeing off to 8.55, you can do the show tomorrow morning. Is that what you're telling me? Nah, no chance. <laughs> no it's chance. worth it. Worth it. Worth a shot. Because it's preparation. It's oh. getting up. I've got to go stretch. I've got to go warm up. I've got to go to the range, have breakfast. Don't even. Start. No, you've got Mitch McLean again, mate. You're fine. Yeah, no, we'll be good. We'll be good. We'll have Mitch and uh, looking forward to having him in studio with us uh, tomorrow. Well, let's get into uh, what else we have coming up. Well, first of all, we've got to give away this $100 Adidas golf voucher. The new golf, uh, the new two or three sixty twenty four from Adidas Golf is available now at adidas.co.nz. Here is clue number one. I played union at college, but I'm a professional league player. Played union at college, but I'm a professional league player. Double eight, double three. If you think you know who that is, Adidas voucher up for grabs. We've got three clues throughout the morning for you. And the first test between the Black Caps and Australia starts tomorrow. Day one, Izzy, is sold out. Except for one last double pass that the boss found in the bottom of his desk drawer. So we've got one double pass to give away to day one of the test uh, at the uh, Basin Reserve. And uh, I think I think we need to put this up for grabs now. So again, double eight, double three, the temper bedpost text machine. Let us know who you would take, and you're in the draw. Double eight, double three. Let us know who you take, and you are in the draw. We'll announce that before nine o'clock today. Uh, that double pass, the last double pass in existence that we know of uh, for day one yeah. of the test at the basin. So get amongst round one, five. Triple threat, the three big uh, questions for the day. And on, on the cricket, uh, Neil Wagner, he's retired mm. days before the Test Series against Australia, announced it. Uh, he's going to be part of the squad for the Basin Test, but he's not in the 11. And then he's been released before the second Test in Christchurch. So I don't know what that says. What, what do you read into that, the timing of this and the, and the way they've played it out? What do I read? And so I, I read that Gary Stead's growing some kahunas and making these big decisions. And, um, you know, there's a writing on the wall for a, a few players in that squad, and he's been brave. So um, that just shows that he's looking forward to the future. And you've got a young kid like Willow Rock, um, you know, Jacob Duffy, you got Ben Sears, Lister. you got some quality seamers that have that are been chomping at the bit in New Zealand domestic cricket 
for a while. And uh, yeah, so he's looking forward. Um, yeah, it's a hell of a, a decision for Neil. It wouldn't have been easy going through that situation. You saw the raw emotion on his face mm. yesterday when he had to had to front the media and and put it all out there. It would have been a difficult um, conversation had by Gary Stepp. But uh, when you when you look at his stats, and I loved his comments on in regards to you know the nature of his style of cricket. He's not the most talented and gifted athlete that we've ever seen don the whites for the black caps. But you will never ever have a more determined and uh, motivated bowler running in, bowling his 18th over and not dropping a kilometre or, or any pace and just trying his absolute hardest to get the win for that team. So, um, you know, a nice, fine career. 260 wickets in tests. Um, you know, he's he's played over 60, he's played 64 matches. His best bowling uh, for, a, for a match was 9 for 73. His best bowling innings for a, uh, one innings is 7 for 39. So, mate, um, I, I tip my hat to, to Neil because he's had to dig deep. And he's had some very fine bowlers that have always been constantly picked ahead of him. But when he's been given his chance, like you played that clip leading up to the show, up against England, you know, bowled that down the leg side, they took it away down the leg, and we, we win by two runs. Um those are the highlights that I take away, but I, I think there'll be more of these announcements coming. Pending announcements, Rick Dog. I feel. What about you? Mm, yeah, well, there's a couple that uh, look like, you know, if you look at recent form. Uh, I know we had Gary said on the other day, and we asked about a couple of players, and he defended them as as you would as a mm. coach. But I think there's yep. a couple that probably aren't much longer uh, for well, the test arena, particularly. Mm. You know, so I think we will see more changes on that front. On that, you know, you said Neil Wagner maybe not the most talented fast bowler we ever had, but it, uh, one of the hardest working and a bloke that never gave up and his his will to win um, was just immense. Does it remind you of anybody? Is there anybody that you played with in your time that, you know, maybe didn't get talked about, maybe didn't make the ABs or, or, or whatever, but you were like, this bloke will just give everything for the jersey every time he goes out there? Oh, it's no surprises, the, the name everyone would say. And it was great to have Isaac Boss on the, the other day talking about Marty Holler. Mm. And who blocked Marty Holler? Well, Richie McCall. Well, it's the same bloke that blocked this other bloke, Matt Todd. You know, <laughs> just someone that would die for that jersey and just would tackle all day. Look, he got a lot of little bit of recognition towards the end of his career and everyone understood the importance of Matt Todd and how good he was. But, you know, if he had an opportunity, I think he could have been one of our greatest sevens of all time. And then that's no easy saying, but, mate, just being up close to, and up front with this bloke who doesn't shy away from the hard stuff, he will tackle anything. I remember the the final against um, the Lions in Johannesburg. I think he made forty tackles, mate. Wow, that's and league numbers. That's in a and that's a lot for a rugby player yeah. too. Like you think leagueies, they make plenty. He made. It might have been forty. It might have been twenty. It might have been something like that. But it was something astronomical, totally different to what we've seen. And you're just watching him out there on the field, and we're tired because yeah, altitude. And you're like, wow, man, I'm wrecked. And he's just puffing and going for 80 odd minutes so have to be Matt Todd for me alright round two on retirement uh, kind of the opposite Sean Johnson has said he has no plans to retire at the end of the season 
Uh, now, I think everybody thought when he signed a year extension at the end of last season that this was going to be it, the swan song, the last hurrah. But now he said that, and I know it's easy to say that in February. He might feel different, you know, sort of in the slog in June, July, but uh, you reckon he'll go around again? Yeah, I reckon if his body's willing, if his body's fit and able to do so, for sure. Like, there's, if your mind is there and your body's following your mind, then then there's no reason to to stop doing what you love. And if the day that you you fall out of love with it is the day you should retire. He obviously loves it, and why wouldn't you love it when this kind of journey we're on with the Wars with the Warriors? Um, so yeah, look, I, I think he'll go around again. Um, if he's if he's able to do so, I, I think it's really important for the Warriors not to get fixated on Sean Johnson and and forget about the future because we know how important that role and that jersey is. So you're building some nice, bringing some um, some playmakers up through the ranks, giving them opportunities here or there that will will arise during the season. Uh, who that is, you know, there's pretty slim pickings in the seven playmaker role, but. Yeah, I think this is an important couple of years for the Warriors. Yes, Sean Johnson is our number one seven. We need to build, and hopefully he can take us to glory, but also prepare for post-Sean Johnson, because if you don't, you can get caught out, and then we'll be back to where we were about three years ago, and that wasn't very good. No, no, fair call. All right. Round three. Vegas, baby, Vegas. The NRL is in Vegas, and the teams are out for the two games that are taking place there this weekend. We've got the Sea Eagles, Manly up against the Rabbitohs. We've got Tommy Trebojevic up against Latrell Mitchell, the opposing fullbacks in that one. And then we've got the Roosters up against the Broncos. And again, uh, some pretty uh, star-studded teams. Uh, James Tedesco's Roosters taking on Reese Walsh. I mean, talk about fullbacks. All the best fullbacks uh, pretty much there over in Vegas. Who have you got winning this weekend? Oh, like you just touched on, Tommy Dubovic is back and obviously went away and did a bit of um, ballet to work on his feet. So we'll see who tinkle twinkle toes around that uh, Las Vegas strip. Uh, you got Latrell Mitchell, uh, you got James Tedesco, and you got Bruce Walsh. Uh, if I look at, at the squads, I cannot go past the Rabbitohs. I think the Rabbitohs um, are one of the teams to beat. And uh, just a couple of question marks on Cody Walker. You know, he's had lingering doubts over his fitness due to calf injury. So whether how, how, how good he can be. Um, but I'm going to go... I'm going to go to the Rabbitohs. The Rabbitohs are taking on the Sea Eagles, and I'm going to get them the nod over the Sea Eagles. So I'm going to go to the Rabbitohs, and then I'm going to go to the Broncos. I think the Broncos are going to destroy the Roosters. Well, even though the Roosters absolutely uh, laid waste to the Rabbitohs on their last trial on the weekend. Yeah, I, I, don't, I just think that look at this Broncos thing. Look at them. Reese Walsh, Jesse Arthurs, Katoni Staggs. Salwin Cobo, and then they got the young Dean Mariner who's coming for Corey Oates. So Corey Oates was actually livid with that. But anyway, that's the way sport is. Ezra Mam, Adam Reynolds, Corey Jensen, Billy Walters, Payne Haas, Brendan Piakura, Jordan Reke, and Paddy Kerrigan. And then you got a big bench coming off Fletcher Baker, Kobe here, and Heather Hetherington. So, man, I just think, I look at that Broncos team, I just. I think they're good, man. Mm, the Roosters, right. are you a believer in the Roosters, man? They've been pretty underwhelming the last couple of years. Like, they've got some big-name players, but 
Yeah, well, that, really step up. that's fair. That's fair. But I think they've had a really good preseason. I'm just blown away by the odds at the TAB. The, the TAB have got the Broncos head to head at a dollar fifty five, and the Roosters at two forty. I wouldn't have thought it was there was that much between the two teams because I mean, as good as that Broncos team is, you look at the um, uh, that Roosters team too. The backline, I mean, Tedesco, Daniel Tupo, Billy Smith, Joey Manu, uh, Joseph Suwali, Luke Carey, Sam Walker. It's a pretty good backline. Then you have got Spencer uh, Lenu, uh, they, they brought over from uh, Penrith. Brandon Smith, Lindsay Collins, Sia Wong as well. Victor Radley's in there. I mean, it's a pretty good team. Yeah, that is nice. Lindsay Collins will be was one of my favourite players. How good was he in last year's State of Origin, man? He was a workhorse for Queensland. Um, I want to ask you this about Angus Crichton. So Angus Crichton has been um, touted to go to rugby, isn't he? Yeah. So Joseph Suwali is going to rugby. Do you reckon that's a stunt? And does that make sense to you? Well, Angus Crichton's not in the 17. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one, eh? Because, I mean, if you, you think if they're going to do that, they drop Suwali as well. But that's yeah. that's kind of cutting off your yeah. nose to spite your face, I think. While they're playing for you, you've got to play them, right? Um, mm. Well, you're paying mm. them. So, yeah, I, I just think that that says maybe there's a few, uh, there's been a bit of distraction. Maybe uh, because the other thing is Swali's future has been sorted out a, a year ago. Crichton's yeah. talking yeah. about it in the last few weeks. So has his head not mm. been in the game? Maybe he's not as focused as he needed to be in preseason. Maybe that's what they're seeing. Yeah, maybe. I just think um, there's probably a little bit more going on there. Probably he's already made his... His starts and they've just given him the snub, snub, which is which is interesting. He's a hell of a player. So, um, but I'm going, yeah, I'm going Bronx and I'm going the Rabbitohs. And uh, look, what would I know? I did pick a Izzy's investment last week, though. So, hey, that is true. Yeah, yeah, your your dollar seventy five shot. No one saw that coming. Uh cool. Can we do it today? Eh? I'm not here tomorrow. Oh, you want to do it today? Okay, we can do it. We can do it today, mate. You don't want you don't want to convince the glory. All right, sweet as yeah. Nah. No way, I'm on a heater. Let's do it today. <laughs> All right, if you've got a $1.75 shot, Izzy can jump on the back of, let us know. Double eight, double three for Izzy's investment. Plenty going on. We have a double pass to the day one of the Basin Reserve Test between the Black Caps and the Aussies. Double eight, double three, let us know who you're going to take to that. And also, let us know what your best bet of the day is. Double eight, double three for Izzy's investment. <laughs> We're doing it a day early. It is 6.22. You're listening to SENZ. Breakfast powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. 0800 150 or double eight double three. That is the Temper and Bed Post text machine. Temper and Bed Post range of mattresses and adjustable smart bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can sleep blissfully. A reminder that the first test between the Black Caps and Australia starts tomorrow. Day one is sold out. We have the last two tickets in existence. The last double pass for day one. We're giving it away today. Text us double eight double three. And let us know who you would take, and well, you're in the draw. That is uh, the Temper Bedpost text line double eight double three. Let us know who you take, and you're in the draw. Also, after your best bets for the day, because we're bringing uh, Izzy's investment forward, and we've already had uh, somebody suggested Kane Williamson as the top run scorer against Australia. Is he? Yeah, well, that's a good shout. That's a good shout. He's coming in with um, pretty average form, isn't he? Um, just just three centuries and and four four goes against. Yes, an arguably uh, depleted South African team, but yeah, he's a good chap. Three seventy five. He's playing. 
375 he's paying. And I'll give you this. Not only did he score three centuries in two tests against South Africa, he has scored a century in each of his last seven test matches. Wow. Well, there you go. The, the writing's on the wall for, for Kane. Yes, we're up against the Aussies. And it'll be good to hear from Ricky Ponting after seven in regards to Kane Williamson and the threat that he poses against Australia. And, and also keen to understand a bit more, you know, from a captain point of view of their reasoning for consistently taking a spin bowler to uh, to every test match and what that possesses that allows him to do uh, within a test match. So there's a couple of good questions here. But Kane Williamson, mate, he's our, one of our best batsmen. Devin Conway still niggles with his finger. So if he's unable to to gain um, back strength in his finger, that will be a huge loss for the Black Caps. But, um, man, it's tomorrow. Cannot wait. There's plenty happening tomorrow. I'll um, be teeing off, though. You'll be teeing off, mate. No worries. We'll be following you. We'll be following you. Uh, now, uh, on that, you know, Neil Wagner yesterday, we talked about it earlier, has announced his retirement. He is going to be in the squad for the test at the Basin, but won't be in the starting 11. So carrying the drinks for his last test, I suppose you would say. Here's what Gary Stead had to say about Wagner's retirement decision. I don't think many people get to, to leave uh, the game in a position like Neil has, and he, he will leave... I think the team is is one of the greats. He's been through an incredible era uh, and been a huge cog, I guess, in, in the bowling attack over the years. And you think uh, back to the times with with some of his great mates, Southey, Bolt, uh, Dutchy as well, and, and, and Wags formed a, a formidable sort of bowling attack that ultimately took us to the, the first World Test Championship as well. And I know Wags has, has been an absolute huge part of that. Um, He's a big personality, as you can see. Uh, he'll be he'll be enormously missed, but uh, I think we will remember him for his, his lion-heartedness, the way he uh, just kept finding a way to, to to make something happen when perhaps something wasn't happening at the time. And I think that's testament to to him, uh, to the person he is, to the to the courage he has as well. Uh, so we thank we thank Neil for everything he's done as well. Yeah, you mentioned making the big calls, uh, and uh, you know, well, Neil Wagner's made one, but maybe with a little bit of help there, is he? Yeah, um, man, you could just hear it in Gary Steed's voice. He was starting to, to break up and crack up. Like it's the the thing with sport and relationships you you forge with these these people. Uh, they are humans, and you know, it's it's hard, man. I, f- I feel for Gary. I, do, I really do because he's got to have those tough conversations and it's part and parcel of sport. You have to be brave enough. I've had plenty of them from Steve Hansen and um, Todd Blackadder, Tabai Mutz and, you know, and I was in tears too because you just know that you're trying your absolute best, you're giving your all, but it's just not quite working out. But, mate, when he spoke about the, the partnerships, the relationships and the kind of era that he was a part of, arguably, could have been our most successful um, era in, in the Black Cats Whites. So, uh, yeah, look, it's it's difficult. It's sport. Um, you know, the reality is we are only caretakers of that jersey. We have to try and leave it in a better place and, and set up the future. And I think the future's not too bad, particularly from a seam bowling. We, we probably don't have the out-and-out pace, and that's what I had a quick chat to about um, with Punter yesterday, Ricky Ponting, about the pace, you know, with Tim Southey, we know how good he is, but he's in a, trotting in at about 120, 125, so you're not going to 
really upset the Australian batsmen. So you have to find another way. That's what Neil Wagner did. He ran in. He wasn't rapid, but he fought and he used to dig deep and bend his back and try and find ways of finding wickets. He bowled and, at um, you as well. He didn't oh, try yeah. and take an edge. He tried to take your head. <laughs> he take your head off. That was his go-to. You knew it was coming. There was at least three bounces coming every over. Drop that uh, that fielder back on on the boundary on that pull shot and uh, and let's see what happens. Um, but yeah, he's a fine man and and, and uh, you know hopefully the Black Caps can. Yeah, send them out on the honest with a with a high. Yeah, indeed, that's what we want to see. Here's Araha now with news for Kubota take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Bunnings Trade, your partner in getting tax time sorted. Three-time major champion Andy Murray has won his 500th hardcourt match when he beat Canadian Dennis Shapovalov yesterday 4-6-7-6-6-3 in the first round of the Dubai Duty Free Tennis Championships. Murray, who joined Roger Federer, Novak Djokovic, Andre Agassi and Rafa Nadal in the 500 Club, said in a post-match interview that he probably doesn't have long left, but I'll do the best that I can in these last few months. A possible hit that the 36-year-old is considering retirement. He has had a pretty rough time. I think he went, uh, got knocked out of the warm-up tournament he played in before the Australian Open in the first round. Went out of the Australian Open in the first round. Hasn't had a good run of it, but certainly uh, deserves to be in that conversation as he's won a few uh, slams, but struggled a lot with his ankles, had a few injury issues, Andy Murray. But uh, yeah, 500 career hardcourt match wins. A, that's a pretty um, exclusive club, isn't it? Federer, Djokovic, Agassi and Nadal that he's in there with. Yeah, one of the greats, isn't he, Andy Murray? And, um, you know, definitely go down amongst that group. He was in an era that arguably was the greatest era in tennis, wasn't he? Mm. You got Joker, you got Federer, you got Nadal, uh, and you got Andy Murray. So the big four, uh, Djokovic. So, yeah, look, what a, what a f- fine man. And, and and I have to say it, boys, but um, I was hanging out with Ash Barty yesterday. Oh, cool. About, uh, sorry, you just, sorry oh, mate, mate. You, you just dropped you just dropped something. I <laughs> know <laughs> oh, I dropped the name, and Ash Barty was, um, mate. It's just I'm just in awe, like watching this 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 player and how talented she is. So we had a little chipping competition yesterday in the 18th green, and Ella Gunson, Sean Fitzpatrick. I was with Fitzy. Yeah, I was with Fitzy, and Ash Barty gets up, and it's a 50 meter chip. Over the water, over a bunker, like they're probably the hardest chip you've ever had to do. She flops it in there to about two feet. Oh. And Sean puts it nearly in the water, so I've got a 400 meter putt. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they gave us two Aussie teams, uh, two Kiwi teams to try and beat the Aussies, so we needed it a bit of advantage. And Ash Barty did that, and Andy Lee, a part of Hamish and Andy, well, he drains a putt. Uh, so we got embarrassed from the Aussies yesterday. So hopefully it's not a nomen for tomorrow. <laughs> no, hopefully not, mate. Hopefully not. Oh wow, that is yeah, that is crazy. When you said a chipping comp, I was like, oh come on, Izzy's got a pretty good chipping game. He nah, would have. He... Well, Fitzy, Fitzy was packing himself, packing himself. So he had pulled rank all day yesterday. We were playing golf together, and he was bullying us. Him and Beefy, both of them were playing together because they were in the um the gold cart. I mean the golf cart. <laughs> uh, so they <laughs> so they were rolling around. And they were bullying us all day. So yesterday we did Papers Rock. Papers Rock. He lost like five times. So I said, well, you're chipping. And then even before the chip, because he had about 300 people behind him watching his chip, he was like, please, can we swap? Can we swap, please? Can we swap? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> he did it, and he shanked it too. So, oh. uh, yeah, mate. Just on, I just had to bring it up because Ash Barty, she's here. Man, it's so cool to see her right, right up and close. Yeah, oh, that is awesome, mate. That is awesome. Now, uh, we should talk this because I know this is close to your heart. We'll talk this a bit later on today as well. But we mentioned it yesterday. The NZB Kiwi Slot Auction last night mm. went off with an absolute bang. All nine slots up for grabs far exceeded the reserves of 450 grand apiece. The initial three and a half million prize money on offer for next year's uh, NZB Kiwi, uh, with a million bonus up for grabs. Bought buyers out of the woodwork from here and offshore. Check out the prices. Slot one, 725 grand. Slot two, 675 grand. Slot three, 700 grand. Slot four, 675. Slot five, 675. Slot six, 700. Slot seven, 700. Slot eight, 675. Slot nine, 700 grand. When you figure that the reserve was 450, that's gone way over and above. Yeah, it's gone way over and above. Anyway, Bruce Sherrick on yesterday, and he touched on it. That's the starting price for 450, and then bang, they've come out of the woodwork, and some big heavy hitters as well that will be part of um, uh, of that slot race. We've got Rob Wellwood, who was actually at the auction last night, so um, we'll get an update. But, mate, awesome for, for New Zealand Racing and, and Entain coming on, and, and uh, they've also got a slot too, Entain TAB New Zealand, so... Yeah, some heavy hitters, uh, Rick Dog. John Chu, the most expensive slot. He got slot one, 725000 Of course, uh, one of the overseas trainers. So it'll be interesting to see who he's picked up at the Karaka Millions to see who he's going to race in this thing. Yeah, it would have been um, – it, it's it's an interesting – I was watching that and I was thinking, I wonder how this auction's going to go. Like, is everyone going to come in and just go gangbusters and auction number one, trying to get that number one slot, be the first ever to buy a slot race and or the slot position that is up for grabs. But, um, yeah, they're pretty evenly poised. But, yeah, you did right. It's going to be some fine horses. Three-year-old race. Um, we've got some quality three-year-olds, and they've got to be New Zealand bred too. So let's not forget that. Remember that. that uh, this is a New Zealand bred race uh, looking after our very own. So, yeah, there will be some potentially Karaka gems coming through. And um, been a part of that race here, Rick Dog. Yep, yeah. Aggregate money uh, raised from that six million two hundred twenty-five thousand. <laughs> there you go. All over it, mate. All over it. Those are your sports news headlines here uh, on Izzy and Ricardo for breakfast on SENZ. Bunnings trade has tax time sorted. And uh, you can save more with Power Pass. It is nineteen away from seven. When we come back, we're talking touch rugby. Bunnings Trade, your partner in getting tax time sorted. And Izzy, I was thinking a bit about this because the National Touch uh, Finals are coming up and we just had the Masters on the weekend. And I was just thinking about how important touch has been as a pathway uh, and a place to develop skills for young players coming through as they as they develop for both league and for rugby. I mean, I think touch rugby... And the first person I think of is Benji Marshall, right? Because, you know, he famously tore it up in the Whakatane and then on the national stage and, and the touch tournaments as well. So got me wondering about you and your, you know, your pathway through to what you did uh, becoming an all-black and how much touch played uh, a part in that. Everyone plays touch. If you love throwing the ball around, everyone would go grab the ball with your brothers, with your mates, go down the park and play touch. It's a great game. I, I never played it professionally or, or really competitively. I had a couple of social games, but mate, you did right. Like it sets you up for the future. It, it works on your fitness. Like if you, it is probably arguably 
one of the tougher games because you're constantly having to move back and forwards. It's high pace, it's high tempo, it's high high skilled, and um, you got some of our best players that have played the game that have come through the touch ranks. You touched on Benji Marshall. You touched on. I uh, will touch on Sean Johnson. Everyone's seen the highlight clips of Sean Johnson breaking ankles, working on his pass. Richie Moonga. Probably many didn't know that Richie Moonga was one of the touch nationals for St Andrews College at high school, and he was a big part of that stack outfit. So he's another one. Um, you got Nui Bartlett, Tohu Harris, um, Ariki Tamatia, which is um, Tohu Harris's uh, local club down there in Hawkes Bay. They have some mean touch players, some quality players. Nui Bartlett come through the ranks from down there. So, um, mate, I think it's it's highly important for the for the for the pathways and, and building skills. What it works on is your vision. You know, everything's happening so fast. There's not as much space as there is on a rugby field. So you're having really to work hard for it, and um, works on your catch pass your step, your agility, your speed. Um, it's a wonderful game. Oh, I absolutely loved it. The times that I'd go out there and play um, and you'd try and work on your, your scucky long ball, we used to call it. There's, there's, they've got their own vocab. Yeah. They've got their own way of talking about it. So, you know, you your dummy, your show and give, your show and goes, and yeah, you know, you're out of dummy half and bow give, you know. <laughs> if you realize out these play touch, you got all these little bit of lingo that comes with it. Your scucky long balls or hit me wide, you know. So um, I think it's really important. And you think of arguably the best touch player in New Zealand, he's still playing at the moment, Peter Walters. He'll go past Peter Walters, the big, the legend that is old uh, Peter Walters. So, mate. It's it's really important to to our um, our New Zealand Kiwi makeup and the way we do it. What is a scucky long ball? I have to know now. You want to know what scucky long ball, sir? So you know, like if that playmaker's got the ball in his hand and that winger's about thirty meters away, so you you know you know he's there, or you know she's there. So you you go and jam off your left, and you just throw the scucks long ball and it's like a perfect spiral pass and it goes probably like 20 metres on the money right in front of this player and then you just throw it in yeah I used to call it scucky long ball scucky everyone has a scucky long ball nice I mean the thing <laughs> the thing about touch right the beauty of it is you can play it anywhere with anyone right it can be it can be three aside it can be seven aside it doesn't really matter and you can do it just about anywhere you can do it on the beach you can do it at the park you can play anywhere you just need a ball, you don't even need cones, you know, you just mark out a little field with some shoes and make them the corner post. And the one thing that's really good about it is too, it's, it's a mixed game. So you can play mixed games with, um, you know, with your partners, with your friends, whoever. Uh, there's a lot of social grades around Christchurch and I'm constantly getting told if I can come play and I'm like, hey, mate, have you seen my knee? I might have a scacky long ball in me though. I've, I've actually said that. I said that so I, said, I might have a scacky long ball I'll throw it here. Um, but mate, it's it's part of our DNA and I don't know if you know um, uh, Razor's son mm. um, Declan Robinson he is very good a very, very good touch player and uh, I know he wants to crack it in, in in the 15-man game in, in rugby, but doing great guns for uh, for touch. And Canterbury touch, very, very good too. So uh, I think it's really important and, um, yeah, it sets people up for, for the future. All of our big rock stars mm. that are playing the game, that have got 
unreal skill sets that you've seen on the screens, they've come through the touch ranks. Yeah. No so questions. I mean, if I mean, you've got you've got a couple of young kids, right, Arlo and Tilly. Mm. I mean, uh, you'd be putting them into touch. I mean, to develop that skill set before yeah, they go I anywhere am, else. Actually. Yeah, I'm keen to. I'm keen to take my son. He he's got a couple of schoolmates that play down the road on a local touch thing on a Thursday. So and he's real keen to get into it. So I'm I'm definitely um really keen to, to give him a crack at it. He loves it, man. Like every day he wants me to go out there and, and play rugby with him and I've got a really bad knee, so I, he burns me off, and I only last a wee while. Poor fella, he needs a brother. He needs another little brother or something to, to burn off. But what happens, Tilly goes inside, she comes out in their full All Blacks kit, and then she has a run against Harlow, and they have little battles. So that's, uh, that's kind of the, the battle going. But, yeah, no, it's good. I'll get him, get him into it for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, there you go. Uh, touch, yeah, great game. Did you play it, Rick? You had a crack at it? Yeah, mate, yeah, I played a bit. Uh, I mean, mm. like, I played mainly football. Yeah, uh, but I worked at uh, when I first. Well, I didn't even before I left school. Actually, I had a part time job at Sterling Sports in Pakaranga, and um, they they had a the mall was real strong, real real strong. Had a really good culture, and we had had a mall social club, right? And the mall social club we had an indoor netball team, and we had touch teams, and we had like yeah, and we yeah, it was good, man. There was a guy Dan who ran the butchery, and he mm. kept in the touch team, and he was he was he was good. Good value. We had a, we had a game against. I remember having a game against the Butcher Boys, and uh, Dan liked to touch quite hard. <laughs> Should we say it was more of a slap than a touch? <laughs> so I started giving it back. Oh, oh you're not one of those ones, are you? Yeah, he didn't. He didn't like it very much when I I gave him a slap on the peck as he went past me. Yeah, 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 yeah. He got got a bit ugly, but no, no, it was good. It was good fun. I enjoyed it, and uh, it kind of brought the whole the whole mall that I used to work in together because everybody got to know each other outside of the workplace, you know, and you kind of had that bonded thing. So you um, would have been a hunger, see? Me. You never, never would have passed that ball. Oh, mate, no, I, Ricardo. I couldn't wait to get rid of it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about the skunks long ball. I'm all about the skunks. I let somebody else do the running, mate. It's all, it's all good. I'll give you the ball, and I'll just follow along. I'll just see what you do. That that, that was me, mate. That was me. Uh, Bunnings Trade has tax time sorted with amazing value on a huge range of power tools and more. You're listening to SEN's Head Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Coming up to 7 o'clock, which means punter time. Yet uh, Ricky Ponting is going to join us, and we are going to talk the New Zealand Golf Open. Looking forward to that. We'll get his thoughts on the Test Series as well. That starts tomorrow between the Black Caps and Australia. Day one at the Basin is sold out, except, is he, for the very last double pass that Ruben, the boss, found in the bottom of his draw. Uh, so the last pass in existence. If you want to win it, just text us, double eight, double three, and tell us who you'd take with you, and you are in the draw. We'll announce the winner of that double pass before uh, nine o'clock this morning, mate. And uh, how's the neck feeling? You, is it warmed up any? It's all right. I took some Nurofen earlier, so it's got rid of the headache. Um, That's good. Yeah, but Punter, Rick Pony, very good golf. I think he's off of one or two. So owns a winery too, mate. Owns a winery. He's got a punter, yeah, punting, uh, ponting. I was going to say punting, ponting wines. We'll have to ask him about that as well. Yeah, that's in Adelaide too. Yeah, it's uh, made out of Adelaide. So, mate, wow. he's a very good golfer. He'll be hot favourite. Hot favourite. Okay, that's what we've been told. Here's Araha with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range punter. After that. It is Tradies Hour with Night and Day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local Night and Day. Who am I? We've got a $100 Adidas Golf voucher up for grabs. The new Tour 360 24 from Adidas Golf, available now at adidas.co.nz. Clue number two for you today. I did a Marcel Renata years before he did. 
I did a Marcel Renata years before he did. If you know what Marcel Renata well, has done chopped recently. Chopped his finger off. Yep. There you go. Uh-huh. So this player has lost part of his finger so he can continue playing, uh, much like Marcel Renata did. Uh, so that is clue number two. Double eight, double three, if you think you know the answer to this, and $100 Adidas golf voucher up for grabs. Also, the first test between the Black Caps and Australia starts tomorrow. Day one sold out. We have the last double pass. We're giving it away this morning. Double eight, double three, let us know who you would take, and you are in the draw. And we're also looking for options for Izzy's investment as well. So your best bet for the week, double eight, double three. Uh, get it to us. Now, Gallagher are exclusive insurance partners of the New Zealand Open. And speaking of the New Zealand Open, they are the one, the only, Punter Ponting. Ricky Ponting joins us, uh, I, I believe, from the driving range. Good morning, uh, Ricky. How are you doing? Yeah, good morning, guys. How are you? Yeah, I am down at the range. The sun is just starting to come through now. I was down here hitting under lights about 15 minutes ago, so <laughs> just starting to break through now. Yeah, mate. Nice, nice. And how how you um, how have you found uh, Queenstown? I know it's not the first time you've been here, mate, but uh, what do you make of the course? And what's the first thing as a player that stands out to you? Oh, mate, I, I love this place. I actually checked into the hotel um, a couple of days ago and you get your little uh, envelope when you walk in and it said, welcome back for the 14th time, Mr. Ponting. So I've actually been to Queenstown and stayed at Millbrook <laughs> 14 times now. So you know, look, I say to everyone, this, this is my... It's my favourite place in the world, bar none. You know, I bring my family here in the wintertime um, skiing with a couple of other families from Melbourne. Uh, we have an awesome time. I've been lucky enough over the years to play in this New Zealand Open six or seven times. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's an awesome event as us ambassadors get, get looked after exceptionally well. You talk to the pros and they talk about it as being their best week of the year. So as long as the invite keeps coming my way, then I'll, I'll keep coming back for sure. Oh, I'm in the same boat as you, uh, Punter, mate. Thanks for joining us. I know I caught you off guard yesterday, but I said to the boys, I said, Punter's rooming next door to me. But then I found out he he uh, had up a uh, they had a little hissy fit. He's moved room, so he's moved over to the, the luxurious side of the resort, which is okay, Punter. But, mate, you've been here before. You've had a crack at the New Zealand Open. What is it about it, and uh, how do you think you're going to go? Because you're a pretty fine golfer, I'm hearing. Uh, yeah, what is about? Like, look, I think I think the place. I think the, the you know Queenstown within itself. I think um, the golf courses you get to play on here. You know, now that it's it's solely at Millbrook, I think it probably adds a little bit more to the tournament. You know, the Hills is a fantastic place to play, and um, the way things have worked out is if you and I probably find ourselves over there on on Saturday. But um, <laughs> you know, look, I I just I, I love kind of, I love one I love golf. So you know, to to be out there and competing um, and and see. You know, some of the best players in the world go about their business. Um, you know, I was only saying to the boys jokingly yesterday afternoon that it'd be, be really interesting to see with, with heart rate monitors on us non-professional golfers on the first tee just what our heart rate will get to. And we're trying to put the ball down on the tee on, on Thursday morning. But I think it's a bit of that. You know, it gets those com- competitive juices going, gets the nerves going again. And, and when you haven't played competitive sport for 10 or 11 years now, um, which it is how long since I've retired, it's, it's nice to get that feeling again. And what are you playing off, Punter? And what's your best finish at the New Zealand Open as, a, as an amateur? No, we, I've actually never made the cut. Um, and I, I don't think there's many of us ambassadors <laughs> that, that have made the cut. Um, and I think I've progressively, progressively got worse. The, the first round I ever played here, which would be six or seven years ago, um, I'd had seven birdies standing on the, 17th, uh, standing on the 18th tee. Uh, I hit it on the 18th, the par five for two. Uh, putted it up to about a foot, so I thought I was, you know, I thought I was about to make, um, you know, my eighth birdie for the round, and then my pro got his birdie in on top of me. Um, 
So although on the scorecard it only had me down for seven birdies, I'm, I'm going to take eight birdies. But as I said, <laughs> it's gone slowly gone downhill from there. Is there any correlation between when the game goes downhill for you over this weekend and the amount of uh, pinnacle McLaren Vale Shiraz that might be imbibed in the evenings before you play? Oh, I like I like that little plug. Thanks for getting the the Ponting Wines um, uh, McLaren Vale Shiraz in there. Um, it probably has got something to do with it. Yeah, I think I probably tend to start like I, I played I played well yesterday in the first practice round, and, and we've got an early one this morning, and. Yeah, maybe the social activities as the week wears on might just start getting to most of us. Um, I know there are other ex-New Zealand great cricketers that have um, been here and played this event the last six or seven years that I can definitely say as the week goes on, their golf goes downhill as a result of too many Pinot Noirs. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Kelleher is helping with all you can, your... You can, you can choose... Yeah, you can choose the name of those couple of individuals that I'm talking about. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about, Matt. I played golf with one yesterday. He might have a beef as a nickname. <laughs> uh, Gallagher is helping with all your insurance needs so you can face your future with confidence. And, and Punter, while we've got you on the phone, mate, there's a, a test match starting tomorrow uh, between uh, the Aussies and the Kiwis at the Basin Reserve. Uh, mate, on paper, we're missing a few. Uh, and after that T20 series, I think there's a few cricket fans in New Zealand are a bit nervous. How you feeling about it <laughs> yeah well I haven't I haven't seen New Zealand squad yet um, and talking to some of the media last night I, I was really interested to see what team they put out against the Aussies this week you know is it is it back to the, the tried and tested fast bowling brigade of you know Bolt and Southie and those guys if they're fit I saw looks like Wagner's retired hasn't he immediately so he mm-hmm. won't be taking part in this series I, I don't think so you know there'll be some opportunities for some, some young blokes maybe Cougar line might get an opportunity in there with a bit of extra a bit of extra pace I mean I think the, the, the New Zealand batting lineup pretty much um, picks itself, but you know, coming up against, I know what the Aussies team's going to be. There's no, there'll be no surprises there. All their all their guys are fit and healthy, and and remembering that, that the last Test match they played, they got beaten by the West Indies, so they'll be pretty keen to bounce back pretty quickly. But it's always a different challenge here in New Zealand. I'm pretty sure that the base and wicket will have a, a lot of grass, and I think it'll be mm-hmm. green. It'll offer something for the quicks and. The Australian batsmen will have to adapt and adjust because I think through the Australian summer they they never got many of those type wickets that that did much at all. So um, look, I still give I still give New Zealand a chance. I mean, Australia's overall record against New Zealand in Test cricket is exceptional, um, but they still got to turn up and, and get it done on the day. Now, Ricky, um, in regards to playing New Zealand in New Zealand, you would have had a whole lot of experience doing that, mate. What kind of challenge does it possess to impose to you and you and the squad and, and and your memories from playing New Zealand back here in New Zealand? Um, yeah, I mean the conditions were always quite similar to home. Maybe maybe a bit more swing and seam here than than what we do have back in Australia. I, I think um, you know the, the crowds are always a, a little bit uh, against us and and. <laughs> willing to share a few little choice words towards us poor, poor little Aussies. But, um, <laughs> uh, but I think talking to every, every Kiwi player that's played in Australia, I think they get their fair share when they come back to Australia as well. But um, no, I mean, there's not that much unique about, about playing cricket here in New Zealand. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great country to tour uh, because, it, because it's so like Australia. There's no, you know, there's no little um, variables that you have to worry about like when, you, when you travel the subcontinent or anything like that. It's, um, you know, on our, on our doorstep and, and the people and the, and the conditions and, and the weather and everything's quite similar to home. So there's not, there's not too many challenges there, but it's just about how you cope with the pressure of a test match uh, when the game gets underway. Pudza, we're in a situation here in New Zealand. We, we've had some quality spin bowlers um, that seem to get left out 
consistently, well, with Australia, you consistently are selecting Nathan Lyon. And don't get me wrong, Nathan Lyon arguably the best spin bowler in the world. But from your experience as captain, what is having a spin bowler, no matter what conditions possess, in your squad allow you to do? Because at the moment, Mitch Santner played really well against the Proteas, but then in a couple of weeks' time, he potentially won't be there. Ajaz Patel took 10 for last year against India. We've never seen him since. What does yep. that allow? And, and those kind of um, parts of the, of the squad selection do for you? Yeah, I mean, team balance is such an important thing, isn't it, in the Test match game? And, and it's, it's, it's actually one thing that Australia have been searching for, for for quite a while now as well, which is why they've rushed you know, Cameron Green straight back into the team, shuffled the batting order, obviously got Steve Smith mm. up at the top and got Cam Green back in the middle because of uh, the flexibility that he gives um, with the bowling side of things. You know, he, he can bowl 145 k's an hour and bats at number four, so he's a, he's a, pretty, he's a pretty good package. Um, mm. And Nathan Lyon, I mean, Nathan Lyon was in and out of the team at the start of his career, and that's not, let's not forget that. He was dropped a couple of times when he, um, before he sort of worked it out um, and for, before he probably got the full backing of, of the team and the squad to say, look, you, you are clearly our best spinner in Australia and, and we're going to back you in and we're going to play you in all conditions. But the, the thing with Nathan Lyon, mate, that makes him stand out um, from most other spinners is, uh, certainly most other off-spinners, is his record in Australia. Like, normally yeah. touring, touring off-spinners to Australia have got a horrible record and they can be the best ones that have ever played. You know, Harbhajan Singh... Um, even Ravi Ashwin, these guys, whenever they come to Australia, they, they tend to go for a lot of runs and not take many wickets. Where Nathan Lyon's record in Australia is actually as good as it is when he's in India and, and Sri Lanka. And that's why Australia have been able to keep him in the side and keep picking him all the time because he delivers in, in all sorts of conditions. You know, Ricky, you mentioned uh, uh, your poor old Aussies getting a little bit of stick from the, the, the Kiwi crowd. Uh, there's a couple of words that you might hear over the next week or so. One of those is sand and the other one is paper. Um, <laughs> now, I, I, I look at it and I go, well, Davey Warner made his way back into the team. He's obviously bowed out of the test matches now, but Steve Smith's still there. Do you reckon Cam Bancroft's been uh, been done a dirty? Do you reckon he should still be in the mix? Um, yeah, I was surprised when they didn't go that way, to be honest. Um, you know, I was pretty vocal in the league. You know, when Davey announced that he was going to retire and... You know, Australia were looking for a replacement opening batsman. Um, Bancroft had been the best performed opener around Australia for the last couple of years. You know, he's averaged about 55, I think, in, a, in Australia and combined with his stints um, in county cricket. He'd obviously played a, a fair bit of test cricket before. Um, so I thought he was the obvious choice to come back in. But they went the other way, you know, in this real um, rush to get Cameron Green back into the side, who I know, you know, a lot of this, the players and certainly the selectors think He's potentially a you know a, a generational type player for Australia, so they were keen to get him back in, and you know hence Bancroft was overlooked, and, and Steve Smith um, put his hand up to go up to the top and open the batting, uh, which I didn't I didn't see coming, but you know even even Smith is on record saying that the reason he put his hand up to do that was he, he thought it'd make his game a little bit easier as well, that he, he won't face as much short pitch bowling um, opening the batting as he does when he comes in at number four, and that's one thing that had sort of changed a bit the last couple of years that teams were attacking him with, with short bowling when he first came in and he found scoring a little bit harder early on. So obviously opening the batting, um, you know, the bowler's going to be pitching it up more and, and looking to swing it and move it and he won't get as much short stuff. So you can, I can understand a lot of the logic behind it, but, you know, I, I just don't think it sent a great message to any of the young openers in Australia that, you know, the selectors tell them to go back and, and dominate first-class cricket and, uh, and when they do that and an opportunity comes up in the side, they still don't get picked. So, mm. you know, I, I, if I was someone, if I was Cameron Bancroft, I would actually say to the selectors, well, okay, well, 
I'm not going to bother opening the batting anymore. I'm going to bat in the middle order for my state where, where making domestic runs is going to be easier um, because you've just shown that weight of runs as an opener doesn't mean much to me. So, you know, that's, that was the only concern that I had. But they've gone mm. that way and, it's, you know, still a very strong-looking test team. And so far, Steve Smith averages over 60 opening the batting. So we can't argue, I guess. No, I guess, you, I guess you're right there, mate. Good. Uh, thanks for, for addressing that for us, mate. Before we let you go, uh, you are, of course, uh, I mentioned the um, the McLaren Val Shiraz that you uh, produce with Punning Wines. You are in central Otago, which is the home of some <laughs> of our great Pinots and things. Have you got a favourite New Zealand wine that you, uh, you, you, you indulge in while you're over here playing at the New Zealand Open? Well, you put me on the spot there. Um, I, I must admit, as this week go, as this week goes on, I'm not too fussy. I don't tend to look at the labels too much. I just can't get the top off quick enough and get it into my glass quick enough. So, um, now I, look, I, as I said, we've we've um, you know when we come over during the the winter time, and you know we when we, we stay here at Millbrook, and there are so many beautiful little wineries around where we are that we will go and, and have lunch and sample some of the local products. So. Um, you know, being in the wine industry myself, I don't want to give too many other brands a plug on, on air right now. But um, people people can put people can put two and two together and work out which little wineries that I that I do um, favour around this region. Well, I mean, because Ponting wines, I was having a, I was having a squeeze around the other day, mate, uh, to, to having a look at the range and things, and it's kind of hard to get in New Zealand. Uh, is is, mm. is exporting wine from Australia to New Zealand a bit like trying to export rugby players? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think we'd bother trying to do that, and and that's why there's so uh, so um, few bottles of Ponting wine over here as well. It's a pretty pretty tough market we're competing against. So yeah, look, I think we'll uh, we'll hang on to our rugby players back in Australia. We might try and take a few of yours up. You got a few that you want to uh, send our way? Yeah, well, mate, uh, we'll we'll have a look, mate. We'll kick a few tyres for you. Send a few your way. Hey, Ricky, thanks very much is for he, coming is on, he, mate. Is he, is he any chance of coming out of retirement for a couple of years? No, mate. You've, you've seen my Rick. You've seen my knee. I've got no chance. <laughs> hey, Ricky, we'll let you go hit some balls, mate. Best of luck for the yeah, tournament. Thanks, eh? And uh, really, really enjoyed chatting to you this morning. Good on you guys. See you later. Have a beer with you after, is he? See you, mate. Yeah, thanks, bud. Here we go, uh, punter Ricky Ponting, mate. Uh, yeah, he's a, a great chat, mate. Great chat. Maybe we should have actually, it's probably too late now, we should have got a punt off him for the Izzy investment. Do you, do you feel like that's, a, that's his nickname because he punts? Well, what else? What else would it be? It does, he seems a long way from Venice. He's not going to be on a boat with a stick, right? That's what. That's the other thing. <laughs> he might be a good kicker, mate. He might be a good punter. Oh, oh yeah, true. Yeah, true. You true. never know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he's, a, he's such a good bloke, man. Uh, like I've I've only met him a couple of times, but he just always, you know, the same Ricky and and for a guy that's achieved so much. Um, yeah, it's 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 a fast, it's an uh, unbelievable week down here in, oh, in Queenstown. And you touched on his wine. I actually um, spent a bit of time in McLaren Vale. You know, <laughs> I don't drink, so I was travelling around with my wife watching her drink all this wine through McLaren Vale and uh, in Adelaide. Um, but uh, yeah, look, he's he's a fine cricketer. And and that conversation about um, Cam Bancroft and his kind of stance on it. You know, the selectors have told him to go do something. He's continuing to do it, but he's not getting anything um, from from this Australian team. But makes for a, an interesting test match. 
tomorrow the uh, Ricardo he kind of touched him. He's not riding off this this Black Caps team. I know he's kind of being nice deep down. He's probably thinking we're going to they're going to thrash us, but. Uh, it's going to be a, a great a great test match. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, mate. Looking forward. Mm. To it. My, my memories of Ricky Ponting uh, is, is is generally negative from a New Zealand cricketing point of view. But I I went over to the MCG to watch yeah. uh, New Zealand play Australia in an ODI a few years back, and we did okay. There was, you had, always had that feeling we didn't quite get enough. I think we got about two sixty, and I thought, oh, you know, if we knock the top off. And, and put the brakes on, we could apply the pressure, but MCG is such a big ground. And yeah. I think we did knock the top off. I think we had them three, four down like pretty early. Thought we could be in here. And then Ponting came out and just carved. And, you know, was not out at the end of the day. I can't remember on what, but probably over 100 and, and just dominated and never looked close to getting out. Oh, mate. He's ruined our hearts, broken our hearts so many times. And, um, you know, just one of the, the great men of Australian cricket. And pinch myself that he's standing right there in my first year playing the New Zealand Open. Ricky Ponting, Shane Warne, Sir Ian Botham. And I'm thinking, what have I done to deserve this? Shane Warne, Ponting? Oh, couldn't believe it, mate. It's, it's a great chat, Punter. He's a good bloke. And um, yeah, he's really tanned. I don't know where he's been hanging around, but, mate, he's tanned up oh, down mate. here. Yeah, mate. Well, it's coming out of summer. It's coming out of summer. He spends, I, I'm picking he's not spending all that time in Melbourne. He might be out picking <laughs> grapes in Adelaide, is he? I think he's got not a bad gig, this yeah. old punter. <laughs> I think mean, you could be right, mate. <laughs> he, missed, he missed last night's uh, promotional things that we had going on on uh, the welcome for the New Zealand Open because he had a Zoom. I was thinking, are you Zooming into the IPL, are you? What well, are you doing? Yeah, potentially. Potentially. Mm. We never put it, would have put it past. Them. Uh, your thoughts on what Punter had to say. Uh, Ricky Ponning just joined us there. Uh, the New Zealand Golf Open uh, getting underway, of course, uh, this weekend, or well, actually tomorrow getting underway, and Gallagher are exclusive insurance partners of the New Zealand Open. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. 0800 150 is the temper bedpost text machine. It's tradies hour with night and day. Warm up this morning with a hell of a coffee starting at just $4.50. And a couple of options coming through, Izzy, for your investment. I do quite like this one from Barry. Morena, guys, two-leg multi for Izzy's investment. Reese Walsh and Tom Trebojevich, anytime try scorers at six fifty. Yeah, that's me at the moment. <laughs> Looks pretty good, eh? I quite like that. Yeah, that's very, very good. So, um, yeah, keep them coming. Double eight, double three. We are on a bit of a heater here for Izzy's investment. Well, we've, we've got one. We've got one. Is it a heater if you We're on a heater. We're on a heater because Chris <laughs> rang through yesterday and he couldn't quite believe that he got paid that much. $237.50 into I think he couldn't size. quite believe he got paid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I couldn't believe it. Let's be honest. But La Creek got up paying six bucks and spread the love got up a dog paying a dollar seventy five. So I went for a banker, you went for a wee dabble, a punt, as many more say will say, and uh, got it done. So we wanna get it done because I'm away for the next couple of days and uh well, today's the day for Izzy's investment. So send them through. Barry sent through a gem on double eight double three, so and we'll we'll have a wee crack at another wee punt. Yeah, the first test between the Black Caps and Aussie starts tomorrow. Day one is sold out. 
we do have one double pass that the boss mm. has found, and we're giving it away this morning. If you want to win that double pass, double eight, double three, text us and let us know who you would take. We'll announce the winner of that at the end of the show. Uh, nobody, please, nobody text her and say you're going to take Neil Wagner because he is going to be there. He might not be in the eleven, but he will be Sad. there. Here is what Wags had to say yesterday, announcing his retirement. Yeah, obviously, it's it's never. An easy time to do something like this, um, but yeah, the time has obviously come, um, and uh, yeah, it's definitely um, really grateful for the opportunity. Um, it's been amazing to be a part of, obviously, the Black Caps, and to be able to represent um, the Fern and to have the Black Cap on my head has been some of the proudest moments of my life. So, yeah, never easy time. Um, Brendan McCullum. Um, as someone who's been a huge part of my career down in Otago where it started and, and obviously with the Black Caps and um, I'd like to thank Baz and, and something that he said has sort of stuck through me in the last uh, I guess um, 10 days or so and, and kept playing around in my head was um, he always spoke about leaving the Black Cap in a, in a better place um, than, than what you found it um, and moving that legacy forward and I thought you know that's something I can be pretty proud of and, and being a part of a group that's uh, that just constantly growing and and, and um, yeah, it's, it's something that, that stuck with me um, that I wanted to to play a part of and, and leave that black cap and that team in a better place. And it's been amazing to be able to see guys like Kyle Jamison and, and Willow Rourke last week, to, a couple of weeks ago, to be able to come in and, and fit seamlessly into this group and be able to do what they do and showcase their talent um, in a pretty cool and great environment is something I've been pretty proud of to be, be a part of. And um, yeah, I feel it's the right time for these guys to to yeah, take over, uh, make it their team and to be able to do the same thing and hopefully I've set the bar for them to, to be able to do that and um, yeah, it's uh, like I said, I think the time's right to, to pass it over to these guys and um, yeah, I'll be watching as a fan now uh, and supporting them, them from the side too. Um, to the New Zealand public and the fans, um, I can't thank you enough for the support, for making me feel welcome, uh, to make me feel like a Kiwi. Um, and yeah, for the chance throughout the years, uh, lifting me up when your body is sore, to be able to still do what you do. Um, you played a huge role to my teammates. Um, they're the bunch that create these memories in the change room. Um, and it's a huge part of it to, yeah, to run in and bowl on broken toes or broken fingers and do what I do. Uh, it's the guys in the change room, everyone that's in there. They're the ones that motivate you. They're the ones that, that make you are and, and played a huge part, all, all of it that I've mentioned, to become the player, the person, the father um, and the husband that I am. An emotional Neil Wagner yesterday uh, announcing his retirement from the Black Caps team and wish him all the best. And whatever he does going forward, he will be part of the uh, squad in the basin, at the Basin Reserve Test, but he is not in the eleven, so uh, might Very see him well out there spoken. as a sub-fielder at some point maybe. Mm, very well spoken, Rick Dog. Like touching on, you know, Baz's influence. Mm. Many probably don't predict that. Um, you know, leaving the the jersey in a better place. It's a, it's a it's an old saying, but a great saying. You know, we all want to stay on and play the game that we love forever. But the reality is, our bodies uh, don't think the same as our minds. So, um, you know. He's made the, the decision and he'll be at peace now. And we, well, for me personally, just appreciate and, and applaud you for for the service that you've, you've given our country. You've taken us through some of the greatest moments in the in the whites. So, uh, yeah, thanks very much, mate. And, um, yeah, 
look, it's it's not over. He's still part of that squad, and he'll be doing everything possible to get this team firing and awesome this tomorrow. And and the future is bright. Yeah, it could be a do this one for Wags uh, mm. speech. Maybe one of those any given Sunday type speeches in the dressing rooms before uh, day one at the Basin. Tomorrow. Who's doing that? <sighs> I, don't, I can't see Kane doing it. No, it can't see. Probably Wags. Yeah, get Wags up there because yep. you know Steady doesn't strike me as that that type of coach that would give those speeches. Mm. I don't know. Maybe Tim Southey. He is the skipper. Yeah, yeah, Tim Southey. I'd get Daryl Mitchell. Forget Daryl Mitchell, isn't he? Daryl Mitchell to fire this team up, mate. He's a character, he's a personality. Get him going. Yeah, beautiful. All right, double eight, double three. Keep your Izzy investment options coming through. And if you want to go to the base in day one, we have the last double pass in existence. Tell us who you'd take and text us double eight, double three. We'll make that draw before nine o'clock this morning. Here's Araha with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Get the Keno feeling with Kennard's Hire. Sports headlines for you. The New Zealand Kiwi slot auction went off with a bang last night. All nine slots up for grabs, far exceeding their $450,000 reserve. The initial $3.5 million prize money on offer for next year's NZB Kiwi, plus the $1 million bonus up for grabs with buyers out of the woodwork from here and offshore. The, the highest slot was slot one, going for $725,000. There's a few that went for six seventy five and a bunch that went at seven hundred as well, and all raising a whole bunch of money uh, for New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing. Looking forward to that race when it rolls around next year and see what that field looks like. Uh, am, I, am I right in thinking, Izzy, if John Chu has paid uh, $725,000 for slot one, mm. then whatever horse he puts in the race has drawn one then? Is that how nah. that works? It doesn't. Nah. No, no, nah, okay. nah, no, nah, nah, nah. They'll they'll do the draw because you you remember the Everest with I wish I win and the slot race over there. They were praying and hoping that it didn't get barrier number one. Mark Chittick was he just knew to get blocked in from Espiona. Um and uh, yeah, Drew Barrier won. So now nah, they'll do the the barrier draw, a bit like last night with the NZ Derby barrier draw that took place. So they'll do it in the lead up to the race. Um, so yeah, no, nah, it doesn't matter what slot you get, you're just going to wait and see. It's a, it's a lottery leading into the race. So what do the slots mean? Do they mean anything? Or is it just... Well, it's, it's just like a spot. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. It's just a spot in the race. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, the Penrith Panthers will be without hooker Mitch Kenny for the opening match of the season after learning his fate for a social media post at the end of last year. The 83-game hooker got in trouble when a photo was posted to his Instagram story on Boxing Day, accompanied by the caption, couple of Boxing Day lines have got me in trouble. Uh, there was a photo that accompanied that I don't wow. probably need to go into. Uh, Kenny quickly removed the image from his story and posted, Happy New Year, guys. Ignore the trolls who grabbed my phone. Enjoy the new year. He was allowed to play in the club's World Club Challenge match against the Wigan Warriors, but the NRL have handed him a one-match suspension and a $10,000 fine, half of which is suspended for the post. It means Kenny is going to be absent for the opening game against the Melbourne Storm, opening the door for Luke Summerton and Sonny Luke for his vacant spot in round one. Pick your mates, mate. Pick your mates. Honestly, that is sabotage and and that is horrible. I know it's a funny matter, or they thought it was funny, but, mate, look what's happened. And particularly with what's going on in the NRL with... um, Recreational drugs, so yeah, not ideal. And, and a huge loss. And just on that, I, I, was, I was looking at socials yesterday, and I saw James Graham. You know James Graham, mm-hmm. the big, uh, the big predict, red, the predicted top eight. And I'll read you: Sydney Roosters number one, 
Penrith, number two. South, three. Brisbane, four. Melbourne, five. Bulldogs, six. Cronulla, seven. Manly, eight. And I saw that and I was like, where's the Warriors mm. for one? And um, how are the Canterbury Bulldogs in there, too? Yes, you played for them, so you're going to have to put them in there. Um, and, and then I read the comments and people are teeing off. You know, he had a few concussions <laughs> with, in his time. And they're yes. like, mate, are you still knocked out? What's going on? That is a shambles. <laughs> That's something Dagger would do. Oh, mate. Well, I was going to say, because I actually I got sent through yesterday. Somebody alerted me to a piece. Um, you know, ESPN uh, now have an Australian arm, basically. So mm. ESPN.com.au. Uh, and there's a guy has written a season preview over on ESPN.com.au. They have an NRL page now, a guy by the name of Darren Arthur, and he has predicted the Warriors to win the minor premiership. Mm. Okay. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Oh, look, what are our expectations? What are our hopes are for the Warriors to continue on? Our expectations for them to do well um you know the reality is it's it's a second year like they they were no one predicted them to have the year last year caught many by surprise this year they're on the radar everyone knows what they're about they would have studied them thoroughly and um you know this is going to be a different year and and hearing sean johnson talk to staffy on that promotion um yesterday about his uh, his reasoning you know proving a lot of the doubters wrong but this isn't a single year. We know the challenge is to do it again and go even better. Um, so that instills a little bit of confidence. But the reality, are you as confident this year as you were midway through last year? Mm, yeah, probably. I probably am. I mean, like, you know, there is part of you that goes, oh, you know, can we do it again? Mm. Can the Warriors do it again? But I think if you look at the team, the fact that Chance, uh, sorry, that uh, Chanel Harris Tavita is back, that Roger is back, that they've added Kurt Capewell, and they haven't really lost anybody yet, mm. that the squad is actually stronger than it was last year. Mm. So that would suggest that they should go better. Whether yeah. they win the minor premiership, that's a whole other question. I, I still don't know that we're quite to the Penrith and Brisbane Broncos level, but, you know, I think that they'll definitely be top four. Going better is making the grand finale, the mm. GF, and um, yeah. Oh, look, honestly, I'm I'm with you. I think we've recruited really well with uh, Kurt Capewell coming. Like, how good is it seeing him? And knowing you've got Marata Niakore coming off the bench, hopefully we can get Chance back. RTS in the form that he has already shown, and we're only in preseason, and he will just get better and better as the season goes on. Um, the hooker role, we've got Wade Egan, arguably the best hooker in the game. Tohu Harris, I think the the, the eyes will be on Adam Fennell Blake. Mm. You know, we know he's leaving. You know, when you are leaving, you know the that you're you're heading on in another destination, another direction. What's his mindset? How is he going to leave this jersey? Has he fully committed? Yes, all signs and conversations are saying he is. But Adam Fanua Blake, the best prop in the game, arguably last year. Um, can he have another stellar year like he had last year? So, uh, oh man, I'm confident that we can do it. So, do so. But I just think it's going to be way more challenging than it was last year. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think it's tighter this year than it was last mm. year. I, I mean, I do think the Bulldogs will improve. I think you look at the squad that they've put together; they will improve. Whether they will make sixth, I don't know. Manly at eight. That all depends on if Tom Trebojevic stays yeah. fit, because if he doesn't, they fall off a cliff. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I mean they've added Luke Brooks, so maybe, maybe, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's that was interesting, eh? Luke Brooks, um, Dale Cherry Evans at the, at the six and seven. That, that's a that's a nice um, half pairing. Mm, it is. Um, the, I've uh, put Luke the... Brooks in my uh, NRL fantasy team. Actually, I was looking for a cheap a cheap half that I knew was going to play all the time. He's cheap. Yeah, he's like oh, maybe just under five or just over five, like five ten maybe. Are you in like. that comp? Well, yeah. I haven't picked my team yet. Well, when mate, do I have to pick it up? Well, pick I mean, the first game's kick off on Sunday, so you don't have much time. Okay, I'll better do it today. Yeah, do it, wait, do it, do it after the round, mate. Do it after. Who, who is the buy? Who is the number one player? You're like, bang, you have to have him. Uh, who have I gone? Uh, that's a great question. Well, I've gone Wade Egan, a hooker, and I've gone mm. Mitchell Moses as my number okay. one half. So yeah, that's that. Those are the two. But Interesting. I've, I've I've picked a few roughies. I've picked. I've put Roger Tuivasa-Shek just. He's he's down as a winger fullback, but obviously he's going to play centre. So um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that pans out. But he's reasonably affordable. And then uh, I've gone some big boppers up front. I've got some cheaper edge forwards, and I've I think the key is if you can find four young players, four young rookies mm. who might do something that costs you no more than around three hundred. There's your you know there, there's the extended bench for you that you're not investing too much money in and if they crack off then you've got one and if they don't then they haven't cost you too much and you can use your money elsewhere you see. Well, when I was looking at that uh, fantasy, I was messaging the one and only Benji and I said to Benji, <laughs> I said, I said, um, what did I say? She's talking about bringing in the heavy hitters to give you a tip. <laughs> you I said, um, mate, just quickly. How's Solomon going? Because I was looking at his, um, <laughs> I said, bruv, how's Solomon tracking? Picking it up nicely? He said, yeah, cuz, he's tracking good. Not playing this week, but we'll have a jam next week. And then I said, sweet, because he's playing a high, he's got a hundred, he can go for a hundred bucks on fantasy football. Ooh. So I might have a crack at him. Yeah, have a go, mate, have a go. That's a, that's a great tip, that's a great tip. Uh, yeah, Nico Hines, our radar is texted through. you got to, you got to be on Nico Hines. Uh, he's injured, okay. he didn't play in the last trial match, so mm. see if he's fit for round one. It's weird with the split, uh, split round. But anyway, those were sport headlines and some NRL fantasy chat, and is he dropping more names? Uh, from big jobs to even bigger jobs. <laughs> Get the kiddo feeling. My, my black put you, um, contactless. Oh, can't mate. That's too good. Yeah, Kenna Tai, thank you very, very much. We'll be back with more after this. Keep your texts rolling through. Double eight, double three. See you, Ricardo, for breakfast. Oh, Call any time. No more. No more black book for you. No more black book for you. Rick Dog is having a go at Dagger for coming out and, and, and name dropping. I'm name dropping hard. Ash Barty all day. Ash Barty all day. Sean Patrick, Sam Bofa, come on, all day. I'm, I'm, but that's it for you. That's it. No more. Right. No more Ricky Ponting. No more. <laughs> you can call us anytime 0800 150 811 or send a text on the Temper Bedpost text machine double eight. Do you double want Ash Barty? I'd love to have Ash Barty on the show. All right. We'll get her over here on the cans, right next to me. Okay, okay. sweet. Shoulder to shoulder. Shoulder to shoulder. That's what we want to hear. That's what we want to hear. <laughs> um, now, double eight double three uh, is the text line. And, of course, we do have that double pass, one double pass to day one at the Basin Reserve tomorrow. If you want to win it, double eight double three. tell us who you take and you're in that draw. But we're also after your investment options for Izzy's investment. And Izzy, a few more coming through. John is tipping out Daniel Hillier to back him to win at 10 bucks. Oh, my mate. playing well in Europe. Well, that's there. 
<laughs> my good mate Daniel. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good shout. Good, good shout, shout, John. Yeah, yeah and, and I was having a uh, having a good, great catch up shoulder to shoulder yesterday with Daniel Hillier, and uh, nah, he's got Steve Williams on his bag too. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, Steve Williams down here, so bumped into him. Said, "G'day, Steve. How's how's Tiger?" Um, and yeah, so oh, good, good shout. Um, could be, could be out of, out of the Kiwis. You got Kazuma Kabori, and he is like you think of rock stars in New Zealand golf. Mm. He's got a presence here, man. Everyone you talk to in the golfing circle are like Kazuma Kabori, best putter, best player, on a heater. Really, whatever he's playing, I reckon have a crack at that because he will be there or thereabouts. Um, just you look at the statistics, he's probably one of the best putters in the world at the moment on on the global stage. He's winning plenty, so that, um, he could be a good shout. Ben Campbell, the local, plays a lot at Millbrook, has come so close to last year. I think he was knocking on the door. Michael Hendry, he was our last New Zealand Open winner back in 2017. He's a fair shout. Uh, you got Denzel Urimeri, you got Nick Volk. Uh, you got Tim Wilkinson. If you remember Tim Wilkinson, he's been over in, in the United States, coming back from a major injury. He could be a good shout. So we really need someone from New Zealand to, to go out there and win this New Zealand Open because, like I said, just in 2017, last time New Zealand won up Michael Hendry. Yeah, well, we've had another one saying uh, the fairy tale bet would be Michael Hendry to win it 40 once. That would be a good shout. And you think of the journey he's been coming back from le- leukemia. Mm. Like you think, I see him eight months ago, and I was like, wow, this he looks very, very sick. He is looking so healthy, and he is competing and coming close every week. Yeah, keep coming through. Double eight, double three. We'll make your decision uh, before eight thirty. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and Land Pride attachments. It is a minute away from eight o'clock. After eight, Adam Griffiths joins us, the uh, assistant coach of the Wellington Phoenix. They take on Adelaide this weekend, top of the A League, and looking good with nine rounds left. Uh, so, uh, if you've got a question for Adam, if you're a Phoenix fan, text it through to us, and uh, we'll make sure we get it to him. And keep your texts coming through to double eight double three for Izzy's investment. A few people saying uh, Dan Hillier and Steve Williams combination winners. Don't forget Steve Elka, Izzy as well, has also come through. And what about this one? Morena, boys. This is from Kim. Izzy's investment. Highlanders to upset the Blues in Melbourne, 4.25. Good bet. Great bet. Steve Alka, good bet. Mm. Paying overs, I think, 4.25 mm. for the Landers, because they, they've mm. been looking all right. So I want to hear from you, Double eight, double three. Keep them coming. Here's Araha with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Our last morning with Izzy this week before he uh, tees it off in the New Zealand Golf Open. Mitch McClellan joining us in studio Thursday and Friday. Coming up on the show, Adam Griffiths joins us shortly from the Wellington Phoenix. We will talk uh, their big game with Adelaide this weekend and his shift from Western Sydney Wanderers to the Phoenix. We've also got a Love Racing update as well with Rob Wellwood and we'll catch up with Smithy before 9 o'clock as well. A reminder that we do have a double pass to the Black Caps Australia day one at the base and it is sold out, but we have one double pass. If you want to win it, double eight, double three, tell us who you take, and you're in the draw. We'll make that draw before nine o'clock. Who am I? A $100 Adidas Golf voucher is up for grabs. The new Tour 360 240 from Adidas Golf, available now at adidas.co.nz. I'll give you all three clues, all right? Yeah. You've hung on this long. I'll give you all three clues. So clue number one, I played union at college, but I'm a professional league player. 
Clue number two, I did a Marcel Leonata years before he did. And clue number three, I have played for the Rabbitohs, but I now play for another Sydney heavyweight. I have played for the Rabbitohs, but I now play for another Sydney heavyweight. Who am I? Double eight, double three. If you know the answer, hundred dollar Adidas uh, golf voucher up for grabs could be all yours. And uh, looking forward uh, to talking to Adam Griffiths mm. shortly, who's oh, come over from Western Sydney Wanderers this season to uh, be assistant coach under Giancarlo Italiano at the Wellington Phoenix, and they are absolutely flying. They are at the top of the league. Mm. Uh, they went away uh, to Australia, picked up four points on the road, a nil or mm. draw over in Perth, uh, and uh, they had a win earlier as well before that. So they are looking very good, and he joins us now. Adam Griffiths, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good. And I mean, you know, when you took the job and you came to New Zealand to uh, to work with Chiefy uh, on, on this Phoenix team, did you have any idea that with nine rounds to go, you might be top of the ladder? <laughs> um, you always. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It was it's probably a little bit of a surprise, but you always go into anything that you do thinking that you can win. So what what else do you do? when you go into these types of uh, environments and you don't have that winning mentality. So mentally, I always wanted to to be in this type of position. Um, it is a little bit of a surprise first season in. What was the attraction coming over, Adam, to coming over to the Knicks? And you wouldn't have been short on offers, particularly in Oz. Um, it, it was probably just a conversation I had with Chief. I, I wasn't happy in my, my previous role. Um, and I needed uh, somewhere which aligns some, to the way the way I worked and and, and uh, the mentality of how um, the culture of uh, of what Chiefy was trying to, to build here. So as soon as we we started chatting football, I knew that it was the right place. And what's it like working with Chiefy? And um, you know, did you talk to Mark Rudin before making uh, the move, given he'd coached here previously? Um, no, not really. Just uh, make my own decisions and, and working with Chief has been fantastic. Uh, we aligned quite a lot on uh, all football things and, and then both from a, a personality perspective, we have a good laugh within our, uh, our football staff in the environment. So it's, it's been a, a pleasure to work with him. Well, when you look at this team and the alignment, you, you, you are a team that is on the same page. You've got alignment, you've got unity, you've got courage, determination. But what was the first thing you looked to just change defensively when you came in? When you look at this outfit, yes, they can score goals, but defensively leaking minimal. Yeah, we, we when I first looked at, um, I spoke to Chief, I, I looked at... Uh, the upside of of the of the squad, I knew it was a, a, a young back line with a, a couple of experienced heads. And when you have quality in terms of those experienced players, and and you can improve those guys, then the young guys follow follow through really strongly. And and that's what's happened really is that the the older guys have bought in, and then the young guys are, are, are just excelled and and really stepped up for the team. And when you have that balance of youth and experience. Um, anything's possible. What have you made of the of the depth in New Zealand football and the and the pathways? I was I was looking at a um, uh, some stats around the number of minutes that under twenty three players had played around the A League, and they were obviously focused on Australian players. And most teams were sort of around that eleven percent, but the Phoenix it's forty three percent if you consider uh, New Zealand under twenty threes. 
Yeah, I think that the club has moved towards that type of approach and um, it's working for us. Um, the the hope is that the academy can continue to produce quality players and, and, and they have to date. Um, and then the step up, it's about trying to put them in the right environment where those players can thrive. And, and that's what's happened this year. Is those players have got opportunity and they're thriving. And you never know until you throw them into the water to see whether they can swim, you know, and that's what's happening. Yeah, we've seen a lot of the, the academy players that are taking part in a lot of the success you've had this year. And from the outside looking in, you can get concerned thinking, are they up for it? Are they ready to make that big step? But when they go out there, they don't look out of place, mate. Is that something that you're, um, you're noticeably thinking about, building for this future? Yeah, so like when we go on to the train, training pitch, like the more extras that these young players can do and, and work hard on their game, all we do is identify where they need to improve and, and then we give them some um, direction and, and real detail on how they can improve. And that's what's, uh, as I said, that's what's happening the, the boys are taking this information and, and they're really stepping up. So when players like uh, Husey or even Matt uh, Sheridan or um, Finn Conch, they come into the squad, you have total belief because you worked so hard with them on the pitch and you see that reward. Um, and you can see the confidence in the players when they step out. They know exactly what they're doing and then they're uh, performing well. Now we've had uh, Scott Wooten on the show before and, and, and things, and obviously he's a big part of your defence. He's, a, he's a, a, a real leader. Uh, but he was there you know, last year as well when they were conceding more goals. So you've obviously come in with a, with a, uh, uh, a role in mind to, be, uh, to, to improve the defence. So what was the first thing you looked to change defensively when you came in? Um, probably just the main thing that we've worked on is probably that all the players understand exactly what their roles are within the defensive structure. And then, and then I look at the small details in terms of their efficiency of how they move and, and uh, their positioning at key moments when within different moments of, of the game um, and, and just be really almost like micro manage that, but then allow them to understand exactly what we want to achieve and, and as I said, they're bought into it, and uh, it's working at the moment. Yeah, you got Lucas Kelly held playing at left back. He's a bit of, looks a bit like Dan Byrne running around out there for for Newcastle. He's so tall. Um, is he a player that you think can transition to become a centre back later in his career as he develops? Yeah, when when I look at uh, Lucas, he's like a project. Right, he's, he's got like the physicality to be a really exceptional football player. Um, and it's just trying to get all of his limbs and, and, and his body working in unison. Um, and he, he's really changed um, physically throughout the year. Um, but he's also, uh, I think, playing left back is, will, will make him a better footballer moving forward because it, he's been positioned in, in areas where um, he's more vulnerable, being a, a left-footed centre-back, moving out wide. You, you have to defend a lot in wide areas in 1v1 moments. And when he does go back into the centre-back position, because I have no doubt that that's his, his position, that he, he'll become a, a very good ball-playing centre-back for, for the Phoenix. Yeah, I, I guess the other thing that it does for you guys is it opens up the option for formational changes, right? Because if you've got a guy like him who can play as a left-sided centre-back, then going to a back three with Finn Sermon on the right side uh, could work as well and it'll allow you to get somebody like Sam Sutton or uh, Tim Payne further up the field. 
Yeah, definitely. So we've switched between formations. Chief is um, always up for flexibility and and uh, different types of formational changes throughout the season this year. And you would have seen Lucas played as a, a centre back, he's played as a left back, and he's also played as a wing back in the last game that we played. And he he's able to play multiple positions. Um, so is um, some of the other players as well. So like Tim Payne can play centre-back, but he also can play full-back and wing-back. So it gives that flexibility in the way Chief wants to set up and um, depending on who we're playing and, and what we're trying to achieve in that game. When Tim Payne first came on the scene, he was the number 10. He hasn't tried to talk you into putting him back there at all, has he? Our Chief has discussed potentially putting <laughs> him as a nine, but um, we'll see how that goes throughout the year. Well, Adam, uh, obviously going to try and continue on the success you've had lately. Adelaide this weekend probably haven't been the side they were in the last couple of years. What do you think that is for? Um, they've lost a couple of key players, um, and when you do lose key players, um, sometimes uh, they don't they haven't replaced them exactly, so they've lost a little bit of form and confidence. But they're, they're a dangerous team. I think uh, they showed a couple probably last month when they beat Sydney in Sydney that they were they're a very dangerous team so if you take them too lightly they can hurt so our objective is to make sure that we're uh, um, really focused for a good week of training and if we perform well at home um, I have no doubt that we can win the game. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a good run home that you've got, uh, Adam, and you'll be looking to stay in top spot so you get that week off before the playoffs uh, kick in as well, mate. Now, one of the things that I think is, has happened that's been done really well is that Zavada's been missing so much this season with different injuries, but the goals haven't dried up. Um, I know it was nil all last time in Perth, but it, it, you've managed to get goals from other places. Obviously, Costa's on, on a heater, but uh, I think Bojadir Krajev's probably uh, been our player of the season so far in the attacking third. Uh, what do you put that down to? Um, I think that I think you mentioned it earlier. There's a lot of flexibility within the squad, so multiple players can play uh, different positions, and, and with that. Um, I think people realise that uh, when you're missing such quality in terms of Oscar, um, that other players have to stand up. Uh, you've seen players that haven't scored previously. I think Paney hadn't scored previously. Rufa hadn't scored for a while. Um, they're stepping up and scoring goals. Nico Pennington scored a, a double a couple of weeks back. So there is there is goals coming from different areas, which always helps, um, but it, it shows the strength of your squad when that's happening. Yeah, love it. Next man up is the mentality. Um, we're eight rounds left, and we are sitting top of the table at the moment. Wellington haven't quite been in this position before. What's important to ensure that you stay on and you stay ready, heading towards potentially having a playoff home run? I think the critical bit is that we don't get ahead of ourselves. Play each game as they come. I think uh, Chibi said it multiple times. It is cliche, but what what we try to focus on is is what we do on the training field because that's probably eighty ninety percent of what you do is how you prepare and and if you have that mentality of training hard, working hard on on different elements of your game, then the, as Chippy's always said, is the results will come if our performance is good. Are you able to steer us into to what trainings really look like? Are, are they highly competitive? Do they get heated? You know, like what sort of training? And is there something different that you've noticed from previous teams you've been a part of to this group? Um, 
I haven't noticed anything different because this mm. is the, the way that we're training this year is, is always the way that I've always liked to work. Um, mm. There is a, a very competitive nature towards training. Every, every component of training has a competitiveness to it. Um, we're looking for winning and losing um, be, and, and having those players have that desire to win um, is, is something that needs to be instilled within within the group throughout the whole season, not just uh, game day. So we do have a very high competitiveness within the training sessions um, and something that's been really pushed through the coaching group. Now your brother Joel played a little bit out here towards the end of his career, mate. Um, and he's coaching, I see, uh, in, uh, back back in Newcastle. Is, do you guys sort of trade secrets or, or not trade secrets, but give each other tips and help each other out and bounce things off each other? Yeah, he, he follows uh, the Phoenix. He follows every everywhere I've been as a coach. Um, we talk quite regularly. He his biggest fan is he's the biggest fan of uh, Ben Old. Um, he thinks he's great. He's been um, pumping his tyres since uh, he first had a game with the Phoenix uh, this year. Since Joel's been watching, and um, he he sees huge potential in him. So we we talk quite regularly about how we're doing, what we're looking to focus on, and. Um, he's definitely someone that uh, I take uh, um, a lot of information from and we bounce ideas and, and maybe just get a different perspective to what I'm thinking when I'm he's sort of like the uh, looking above and looking in. It's different to when you're right in there working away. You reckon um, going forward you guys might work together? I mean, I'm not sure which one of you would be the head coach, but uh, <laughs> could, could you do that thing? You know, we've, we've seen it a, a few times with the, the Aloisi brothers working together as, in a coaching situation. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't really thought, thought like that. Obviously, we've gone off on different paths. We've been like that previously as players. Like, we, we played against each other, then we came together at Newcastle Jets when we won the league and, and, and played together. Um, and then we went off on our way. So you never know. Um, he's doing his thing at the moment, and um, I'm enjoying doing my thing here. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, good stuff, Adam. Hey, listen, mate, thanks for giving us so much time this morning. Really Cheers, appreciate it. Best of luck for the rest of the season, and, uh, yeah, hope you stick a few past Adelaide this weekend, eh? Yeah, so do I. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Up the Knicks. Up the Knicks. Yeah, let's get that going. Let's get that trending. Come Up the on. Knicks, indeed. Surely. Well, mate, they're I'll going. trademark that. Yeah. <laughs> there will be T-shirts available at israeldag.com.au shortly. Uh, you'll be able to buy those. Um, yeah, Adam Griffiths from the, Phoenix, uh, from the Phoenix, I mean, is interesting here. He's pretty measured, mate, pretty measured, eh? He's like very level-headed. Very level-headed and, um, you know, a very creative mind. You know, in such a short period of time, what he's been able to do, not only for the Phoenix, but defensively, man. Like, they leak very little from the defensive end. Alex Paulson, he's the keeper, isn't he? So mm. he, he's, mate, he's unreal. And he's only young. He's still only 21, 22. And they, that's the thing there, um, you know, Rick Dog, is they're only a young team. They've they've blooded some young players already. Man, that just, that just gives you so much confidence that the Phoenix, as a franchise, are in a good spot. They're already at a good spot right now. They've got eight rounds left to continue that momentum and I think the questions are when we get to the playoffs you know we're going to potentially make the playoffs it's a different mindset and it's a different feeling and you if you haven't been there it can trip you up so my question to you is once we get to the playoffs who are we leaning on 
to give us that motivation and maybe instill a bit of confidence that that playoff mentality is different. Yeah, I think that's when you're when you, you you're relying on guys that have been there and done it before, like Costa Barbarousas. He's won it all before, you know. He's been played in finals. Yep. Uh, I think David Ball, I think Oscar Zavada, if he can be fit for that run-in, will be extremely important. And then Scott Wooten at the back, you know, those are guys that are, uh, if you, I guess the, the term hardened pros, uh, but mm. they've been there, done that, been in the mix. And that's why they've done so well. You know, I was, I was listening to a podcast the other day about Chelsea and why the Chelsea team, they've spent a billion pounds uh, on that team, but they've bought all young players. Now, the Liverpool team that they lost to in the League Cup final had a lot of very young players, all 19, 20 and everything. But what they also had is they had like two 27-year-olds. They had one 32-year-old. They had another guy who was, you know, sort of around 29, 30. So they had a spine of older players who can give it some leadership, some direction, and when things get going tough can pick things up. And uh, I think that's what Chelsea haven't done, what Liverpool have done, and that's what we're seeing at the mm. Phoenix as well. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, that's no, bloody good. And, and are you are the fans following? Because I know they had 12,000 to the Waitangi Day game. Um, you know, are you seeing a bit more momentum as a, as a footballing fan? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's interesting actually that there was uh, there's been a few people having a crack at some of the news outlets in New Zealand for being too Auckland centric. So, uh, so uh, there was somebody saying that the after they had um, had that last win, that there was nothing about it on the TVNZ news. There was five minutes on Northern Hemisphere rugby, and nothing on a New Zealand team that's top of the league that had just won a game. Um, and so you know that that was that was copying a bit of a bit of stick, and it's, it's about being visible when you're not in Auckland, because so much of the media is based in Auckland. And I think David Dome was talking about that as well. Well, not here on SCNZ, Victor. No, all over it, mate. All over it. You are listening to SCNZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. We'll announce our winners for the double pass to the Basin Reserve and for Izzy's investment. We'll do all of that. Plus, who am I, the Adidas Golf Voucher? We'll announce all of those shortly. It is 8.23. Time to announce our winners for all the comps that we've got going on this morning. Uh, the double pass to the Basin Reserve. Day one, we had one double pass left, Izzy, and I, I love this text from Cam. He said, I would take my uncle. This will be the first test match mm. we have missed at the Basin Reserve since I first started going with him 30 years ago. We were both very slow, uh, both too slow this year. So, uh, Cam, we've hooked you up. Cam. There you go, brother. Cam, well done, man. That, that's the, the story in that we love to hear. You know, it would have been hard to get those tickets. So, Cam, you're going with your uncle, mate. Well done. Yeah, congratulations to you. Ted, well done. Uh, you got the Who Am I $100 Adidas golf voucher coming your way. Angus Crichton is the correct answer uh, to the question that we had for Who Am I? And Izzy, what about the investment, mate? What are you going with? We just lost Izzy. Izzy's investment. Izzy has disappeared. I'll tell you what I'm going with. I am going to take one that came through, I think it might have been the first one that came through this morning actually, from Gary Anderson, not the darts player I don't think, but Gary Anderson from Porirua. Uh, he has taken Kane Williamson to be top run scorer. That is his bet. I think Kane's paying $3.50, Robbie? $3.75. $3.75. So Kane Williamson to be top run scorer. Uh, Gary Anderson uh, from Porirua. We've, I've taken your option. Have we got Izzy back or is he gone, Booger? I, th- I think Izzy's gone. I think um, the the issues that we had this morning of uh, his thing dying his might have happened again. Right. Uh, but he was, he was going to have to shoot off, so maybe it's just slightly earlier than we expected. So I'll be Izzy yeah. for the time being. And on behalf of Izzy, uh, we're going with Barry. 
with uh, Tommy Trevojevic, anytime try scorer, mainly yep. taking on Rabbitohs, and Reese Walsh, anytime try scorer, and the Roosters taking on the Broncos. Uh, Tommy's at 250, Reese is at 260. Put that with Kane at 375, and we got $24.37 odds. Chuck the Izzy's investment bet on there with a potential return of $1,168.75. I like it. I like it. I reckon that's every chance. Every chance that that comes, and see if we can, we can extend the heater that Izzy claims we're on to more than one. Yes, big big heater. <laughs> the show's on at the moment, uh, considering I started uh, quote p- uh, permanently in November, mm. and I've never had to uh, give people money through the <laughs> Izzy's investment. Um, yeah, this is well. Consider in in comparison to uh, the bets we've placed before, we are on a heater right now. Yeah, well, exactly. That is fair. That is fair. Um, keep your text uh, rolling through. Double eight, double three. That is the Temper Bedpost text machine. Temper Bedpost range of mattresses and adjustable smart bases adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can sleep blissfully. Uh, as he's just texted me asking if we can hear him, I can't hear him. Can you hear him, Robbie? Can we? No. Is he? Is he back? Hello. Hi, oh, there he is. There he is. Uh, oh, hi. Hi. Hey. Hi, I'm here. Yeah, oh. I'm here. Oh, good. Good. Uh, um, so, yeah. Good, good luck with the round, mate. <laughs> Boys, it just went pear-shaped here for a bit, but anyway, uh, thank you. Thank you. No worries, thank mate. You. And well done to everyone that, that entered today. And Cam, enjoy yourself, and we're going to get you paid, Barry, and who else did we take? Uh, we took uh, Gary Anderson, uh, Kane Williamson, top run scorer at 375. There you go. Let's Fif- get some people paid. $50 bonus bet is paying what, Robbie? Uh, coming back, uh, 1,168.75, is he? I'm feeling confident, boys. I'm Two feeling in a row? confident. Heater? I'm feeling confident. I am going to shoot 150 here at the New Zealand Open. Love you, the Burts, boys. Go well, brother. Go well. And we will catch up with you a little later in the week. Good luck with uh, your round today. And uh, teeing off tomorrow at 8.55 in the Pro Am uh, is Rail Dag. Uh, that does mean that Mitch McClanagan's in the hot seat with me uh, Thursday and Friday for the tests as well. The first test at the Basin Reserve. Uh, here's Araha now with the latest in news for Kubota. Take on any job the summer with Kubota's range. Izzy and Ricardo for breakfast. Uh, check out the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely. R18. Well, it's just Ricardo for breakfast, uh, Paul uh, Mawadi, because uh, Izzy's had to, uh, he was being picked up for his uh, practice round at 8.30. Well, interesting course he is, yes. Oh, boy, talk about king of danger. Uh, he's no one can touch him in regards to that. Um, so we may as well talk about the New Zealand Open um, because the top of the market is dominated by a couple of Kiwis. Uh, Favourite at the moment with the bookies, Daniel Hillier, who plies his trade on the DP World Tour at the moment. Uh, he's won a tournament uh, last year on the DP World Tour, the British Masters. Now, this is a significant tournament. Past winners include Lee Westwood, Justin Rose, and Matthew Fitzpatrick. So that's a big, big tournament. So he's obviously, um, his game has sort of picked up since he's uh, uh, qualified for that European Tour, the DP World Tour, and he is the bookies' favourite as we speak at $10. Just in behind him on the second line of betting, Kazuma Kabori, uh, who finished sixth in the New Zealand Open last year as an amateur uh, and turned professional not long ago. He's won three tournaments on the uh, WebEx Player Series over in Australia. He's in the form of his life. Um, 
He's and he's been he's proved popular with punters as well. So he's eleven dollars currently uh, to win the New Zealand Open, and the boys have got a promotion on the New Zealand Open as well. Just place a pre-tournament outright winner bet, uh, and if your player doesn't win but finishes in the top ten, you get a bonus bet up to fifty dollars back. So it's an opportunity here. Uh, or if your player doesn't win but finishes up towards the top of the leaderboard, uh, you get a bonus bet. And I know you love your bonus bets, Ricardo. Well, I, well, I would if I had any, but I like I haven't seen any come through. I know that you've been handing them out like candy at the TAB, but I don't seem to have been on the on the on the list. Have I been naughty? <laughs> no, your family now, Ricardo. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't qualify anymore, I believe. No. Well, I'm not um, family until sure. tomorrow, Paul. <laughs> uh, it must be because you're having so many winning bets, you don't qualify for any bonus <laughs> Yeah, maybe, maybe. I'll, I'll take that, I'll take that, and, and we'll go forward with it, mate. Um, actually, I had a few people suggesting that, uh, you know, a little bit of a fairy tale it would be, you know, uh, it, it would be great to see. I mean, well, Steve Elker's obviously come back, and uh, and he's a great story. He's been playing so well on the on the uh, Masters Tour over in Aussie. But Mike Hendry as well, he's paying 41s. Are you, are you getting any money on those guys? Yeah, but it, pretty much any Kiwis of note um, are a terrible result for us in the New Zealand Open. So as you mentioned, uh, Steve Elker, who's been burning it up on the Champion Store over in the US. In fact, uh, I think he's he's earned more prize money on the Champions Tour over the last what is it, a couple of years than he did in his entire career, a uh, professional career on the t- uh, on the PGA Tour. Uh, slash European Tour as well. So he's really, really going well. Uh, as you say, Michael Hendry, a former winner, also popular with punters. So yeah, any of those Kiwi golfers um, that have made a name for themselves, they are usually not the best result for us, but great results for punters. Yeah, all right, mate. Well, that's good. Uh, it's good to see that people are getting involved. Though You can't bet on the Pro-Am, though. Is that right? Not with, not with Izzy involved, no. Uh, there's no way. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, uh, let's move on then because we've got a big game of cricket starting tomorrow at the Basin Reserve. How does it affect things for you uh, You guys pricing stuff up when there are so many question marks? You know, how fit is Daryl Mitchell? Will he play? How fit is Devin Conway? Will he play? How fit is Rachan Ravindra? Will he play? They've all been under injury clouds. I think the big question is how good are the Australians? Uh, and then you work from there. And what we saw in the T20 series, the Australians are bloody good. Uh, And we always seem, well, it seems that way. Anecdotally, it seems that we always seem to just struggle slightly when the Australians turn up. Every now and then, we'll um, get a result. But on the whole, the Australians seem to just have that edge over us. They are very warm favourites for the first test at the Basin Reserve as well. They're $1.59 head to head. Uh, the Black Caps are three eighty five. The draws at four eighty five. I can tell you, there were a few showers here in Wellington today. Uh, it's stopped raining now, um, and I think the forecast is for better weather uh, over the next three days at least. So, um, those we have had a few nibbles at the draw. I think we'd need a, a significant amount of rain though uh, for this uh, test match not to. Um, go right through to the fifth day. So, yeah, Australia have proved fairly popular, though. There is money for the Black Caps. So, punters have been, um, I guess, encouraged 
maybe by the performance of the Black Caps in that first T20 where they almost uh, had a win uh, and then were outplayed in games two and three. But uh, at the moment, money for the Black Caps at 385. The top run scorer market in the first innings for the Black Caps, no surprises. They love Kane Williamson, 375, as he showed uh, in the uh, last test series. He's in the form of his life, um, and he is by far and away the best-backed uh, run scorer and for both the Australian and the uh, Black Caps. Well, uh, Paulie, you'd be pleased to know that our Izzy's investment, uh, which Izzy says is on a heater because we've won one in a row, um, is uh, includes Kane Williamson's top run scorer at 375, alongside Reese Walsh, Tommy Trebojevic, anytime try scorers in the league this weekend, $50 on, paying over 1100 Do you like it? I don't know if I like those guys to score a try in Vegas. Um, there's, so, there's so many bright lights over there. I hope they don't get dazzled uh, by it. But I really like the look of Kane Williamson. Uh, Kane Williamson, though, he's the one guy that you can rely on uh, almost every time to stand up. So it'll take a very good ball to get him out in that first test. I'm looking forward to seeing him take the crease. And can't wait for uh, the first two games of the 24 season. Uh, Sunday afternoon, our time coming live. Indeed, mate. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Looking forward to that. It's going to be massive. Paulie, go well, brother. Check out all the odds, promos, and boosted odds on the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely. We've got a love racing update coming your way next with Rob Wellwood. It is uh, 13 away from 9 o'clock and uh, we'll be doing a Love Racing update in a minute. I just thought I'd uh, update you because the FA Cup fifth round is underway. Coventry City uh, continued through their run yesterday, beating the uh, Minnows Maidenhead by five goals and also they're through to quarterfinal slot uh, today. We've already had kickoff in Bournemouth versus Leicester. That is nil all after 17 minutes. Bournemouth, the favourites, they're $1.50. Leicester are the championship leaders. They're six fifty. the draw at four twenty, which I don't mind in that one. Luton, Man City get underway in about 12 minutes. Luton Massive Outsiders at $12. They've only won one of their last five and they face a City side who are on a 17-match unbeaten run. So if you want a uh, an anchor for a multi today, then $1.17 on Man City's probably not the worst. Uh, and elsewhere, Blackburn Rovers take on a battered Newcastle United as well. Uh, Blackburn are uh, uh, in the championship. They're battling away a little bit, but they are taking on a Newcastle side that has got quite a few injuries, including to both of their first-choice goalkeepers. So they've got their third keeper there, and uh, we will see how that game goes because uh, they could be uh, doing it tough, Eddie Howes men, when they play at Ewood Park uh, today. That game, I think, kicks off, uh, or it may have already kicked off, actually. It might have just about kicked off uh, that one. So there you go. Uh, if you missed it, Last night, the uh, NZB Kiwi slot auction went off. All nine slots are getting far more than the $450 reserve for the slot. Uh, John Chu uh, spending the most money, $725,000 on slot one. We also saw Wexford Stables, Tiakau pick up slots four and five at $675. Andrew Forsman slot eight at $675. Cambridge Stud uh, grabbed one at $700 as well. Entain. Uh, TAB grabbed one for 700000 Aussie Care as well, the same. So, yeah, some uh, big money being thrown around. And uh, that is um, 
it's got to be good for the racing game as we see the impact of the NZB Kiwi already. Of course, that doesn't race until March next year. Loveracing.nz, your home of thoroughbred racing. I had a few texts through as well on double eight double three, including a mark uh, from Christchurch, a big Rabbitohs fan, saying Tommy won't score against the Mighty Bunnies. Well, we'll have to see about that, mate. But the Bunnies weren't so mighty last weekend in the last trial against the Roosters and also... This might explain why uh, Louis Herman Watt is going to be doing the show for Smithy today. Smithy's birthday today, uh, according to Steve. He's just texted that through. So if that's true, happy birthday, Smithy. I hope you're enjoying it, mate. Can't wait to hear you on the call. Tomorrow, of course, we have live coverage of the first test from the Basin Reserve, the Black Caps versus Australia. Coverage will start here at 10 o'clock. The first ball due to be bowled at 10.30. And Ian Smith is going to be a big part of that uh, call team that we have here on SENZ as well. And John Bracewell is also part of that call team. And Chris Harris might be on there. Daniel McCarty, of course, anchoring. And a few of the Aussies over, including Jared Waitley as well. He's a bit of a, a legend in the Aussie commentary game. So, yeah, plenty coming your way tomorrow. And also a reminder tomorrow that Izzy, has teed off, uh, is teeing off in the, um, uh, is teeing off in the New Zealand Open and the Pro-Am. So he's not going to be on with us the next two days. We hopefully will hear from him on Friday, but Mitch McLennigan is going to be in studio with us Thursday and Friday, which is good timing given we've got a cricket test against the Aussies on. And uh, that is how the lineup is looking. In fact, tomorrow uh, we're going to catch up with Zan Sullivan from the Blues, the fullback who uh, doesn't mind playing a bit of 10, so we will catch up with him. We're also going to catch up with the scrum coach, uh, Nick White of uh, the Chiefs. So that is all happening tomorrow uh, for you to keep an eye on. And, of course, we will be talking plenty of cricket as well with Mitchell McLennigan. It is nine away from nine. We'll catch up with Louis Herman. What next? It is four away from nine o'clock here on SENZ Breakfast. 0800 150 is how you get hold of us. That is the temper and bedpost text machine. No Ian Smith today. It is his birthday, so he is uh, he is away today. That means that uh, Louis Herman Watt is uh, sitting in the hot seat and uh, ready to run the cutter for us from nine o'clock. Good morning, Louis. How are you doing? Rick Dog, good to see you, brother. Yeah, no, not bad, not bad. It's a story, mate. Big, uh, big meeting down in uh, Hastings today. We do, uh, we normally do Izzy's investment on a Thursday, but because he's playing in the pro am, we did it today. Uh, didn't take him up on these, but there's a bit of uh, mail coming through on Inspired by Art, who's uh, probably oh, yeah. paying overs. Uh, didn't have a great go last time, but Opie's on board. What do you reckon? Wow, wow, wow. Who's tipping this? Uh, Kevin from Titarangi. Who's, uh, who's a regular texter of both our shows. I know he loves listening to Smithy. He's always texting through uh, some tips. Now, the thing about Inspired by Art is I've got tickets on Inspired by Art in the New Zealand Oaks mm. futures market for double digits, and I think she's very good. I actually got to chat to David Ellis about her. Uh, they train her. I think she was bred and raced. She's raced by someone else, but they train her for someone. So you think, Philly, she actually, her run last start, at Tarapa was better than you reckon. It, she was just starting to get back through her gears on the line, and today over 2,100, I'm hoping she's going to stick her hand up. I suspect she'll be um, right there in the market at, at come the Oaks. 
I think she's a big staying filly, Kevin. I think you're probably onto something. But it's a nice field today. That Sabine is a very good horse, and she's won at the track. And Hastings can be a little bit horses for courses, Rick. It's um, quite a funny little place for some horses. They just don't like it. Yeah, interesting, mate. Interesting. Uh, on, there's no no Smithy on today, obviously. You're running the cutter. I imagine you've got something on the uh, NZB Kiwi slot race uh, auction last night because uh, that went off, didn't it? The 450 reserve just got blown out of the water in every slot. Yeah, I thought I'd get the new um, boss. Are we owned by Entain yet? Tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yeah. So I thought I'd get the, the future new boss, Cameron <laughs> Roger, uh, managing director of Entain on the show, because he actually stuck his hand up. Mm. So you know that it's a good time to ask for a um, pay rise, Rob Dog, because um, <laughs> Cam Rogers just spent $700,000 on a slot for Entain <laughs> in this NZB Kiwi. So if he can if he can roll out 700 big ones for that, imagine what he can do for you, Rob Dog. Hey, uh, Rob's all over it. Like he's like he's he's, he's beaming, mate, ear to ear. Uh, what else you got coming up on the show? Uh, so we'll get to, we will talk to Cameron Rogers ser- in all seriousness about the NZB Kiwi. What a wonderful night that was. Uh, John Bracewell, the boys have booked me John Bracewell to talk a bit of cricket. I want to talk to, about Neil Wagner. Um, I've got a bit of a sermon on Neil Wagner. He's just one of the easiest guys to to root for in the world. He's just such a such a, one of those characters that you just wish you could have a team full of um, Wagners. It, really, really cool to support him over the last decade plus. Longer than that, isn't it? 2012, he debuted. Um, ben Strang, we know he loves his cricket. So tomorrow is a massive day for uh, all of us, isn't it? And Brian Ashby, because the uh, big Ironman, uh, Iron Man, I think it's the 40th edition of the to- of the New Zealand Ironman. Yeah. Um, or the Ironman in Topol, maybe? It would make more sense. So Brian Ashby, he's, he is our Ironman enduro sports guru in New Zealand, isn't he? So we'll talk to Gash about Ironman and now I'll try to tip a couple of winners myself. Rick. Well, yeah, nice. So that's what we want to hear, mate. Yeah, I think you might be right about the 40th New Zealand Ironman because I do remember reading about it saying that the first ever one was uh, started at St. Helier's. So it won't be Topol. Yeah, be Mission Bay. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. All right, looking forward to it, mate. Have a great show. Here's Araha with the news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range.